discretion is advised as we cover many an insane movie and numerous cult TV phenomenons. Now, are you ready to get jacked up? Are you with us? Then listen on. I'm Cam Sullivan here, and I'm with the very underrated filmmaker, Wick. How are you today, sir? I'm very good. Thank you, Cam. Great to be uh, here. Yeah. Like you've laid out for us so far, you, you've been in the very unfortunate situation of just having to kind of find yourself through unexpected obstacle courses. And you've opened up a layer of how not only can't judge a book by its cover, but you got to go on what the filmmaker said versus the movie that you see. It's like, so if I like this movie that you've just owned, I know you're going to be cool with it. And at the same time, you're going to be like, but I know I can do better. You got to see what I can really do. And right now I've been comparing both versions of Zero Tolerance that you've sent oh, me, yeah. Angels. Yeah. And I, I see the difference that you're meaning on how it's like, that's my movie and that's the studio's version, Yeah, you know? And uh, you, you're opening up this level of just a mature discussion that I wish more people could have. And are you familiar with Albert Pion? No. Okay, he's best known for uh, Nemesis, Cyborg with Van Damme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Kickboxer too, And he, yeah. he's been in many situations just like you, my friend, where mm-hmm. he's uh, he shot the 1990 infamous Captain America. And there were several times where he was filming without any actual film in the stock because the filmmakers, the, the studio kept taking money away from him. And he had to get a friend from Hawaii to finish it for him. So, I mean, all I can say is, I mean, with all the studio of interference you've had, you, you've had it good compared to what he's had. <laughs> no, no, yeah. And, 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 and I don't, I never, like, I've, I've never, I never complain about it. You know, like I mean, twenty years. You know, I've been doing this twenty years. You know, as as a career, and and it's um and and I feel blessed. I, I really do. You know, um, um, I've hit, you know, um, had some highs, had some lows, had you know, but but after twenty years, I mean, I'm forty seven. You know, oh I'm, man, yeah, I turned forty seven this year, so it's like, damn, you know, I'm seventeen years behind you. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. and and I was like, yeah, and like I I can't get over it, man, and. It, it took a lot out of me, but and and you know, and and it's 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 one of those things where you don't realize then that you know what your agents and your lawyers are telling you is the right thing to do, you know, because many filmmakers, you know, they they make a bad movie, but then they keep going on, you know, studio movies and stuff, you know, like um, and 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 it gets better. People forget, you know, but 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 fortunately, but, but I I couldn't, you know, and 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 and. And and that that was a bad mistake, but you know, but whatever. I mean, it was a long time ago. But it's like, and then you read all these things, and then it, it becomes a part of you, and then you're stuck with like, you know, oh, you're the guy who made the list. I mean, twenty years later, there's still people talking. Or like, dude. <laughs> we'll return after these messages. Hey, feeling down? Feeling low? Not enough podcasts about movies in your life. Why not try? They must be destroyed on sight! 
the new podcast cure-all, sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation, we have Italian horror, we have zombies, we have slashers, we have crime films, we have spaghetti westerns, we even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of... They must be destroyed on sight! As needed, and let the hosts, Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host, Cure What Ails Ya. Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin puff, colic, cramp colic, dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening. Hey, I heard you like movies. I heard you like to hustle. I heard you like podcasts. Well, guess what? There's a podcast for you out there called The Home Video Hustle. Damn right. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? Every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I put a bunch of movies in a bag, and PJ picks one out at random. And then we just watch it. We talk about it for maybe like an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Whatever we feel like doing, wherever the conversation leads us. But do we actually talk about the movie? Most of the time. Ah. Tangents galore. Yes. So believe me, we may be a movie podcast, but it's not always about movies. We might talk about video games. Mm-hmm. Music. music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the big one, music. Uh, sometimes we might get a little bit of politicalness in there. Yes. Sometimes we may just, oh, we know what we like to do. We like to tell stories, PJ. Ah, yes. I am the master storyteller <laughs> yes. of the podcast realm. <laughs> Undefeated. So if you like to hear about movies, video games, whatever foolishness comes to our mind, the most random stuff you can think of, check out the Home Video Hustle. You can find us on the Stitchers, yes. the Google Play, yes. Apple Podcasts, what else? Podbean, what else? Podcast Addict, goddamn, all that. Ain't no reason you can't get your hustle on. We everywhere, worldwide, baby. Hustle, motherfucking hustle. Hey, we can't cuss in the promo, PJ. Ah, we gotta be family friendly. There may be podcasts out there that don't want his hair to say, ah, 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 good fun stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> you. Yeah. <laughs> Don't, don't run the listeners away, Peach. Ah, I'm sorry. But this is going kind of long. Yes. So we'll end this and say, hey, check out the Home Video Hustle every Friday on all the various podcast outlets. Peace. Peace. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. And while Witch didn't make it to the top of the world, he did make the Gangs of Hollywood podcast. So join the gang and enjoy a movie review podcast about movie gangs, gangsters, mobsters, and the mayhem they cause. You can find GOH Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GOHpod at www.gohpod.com as well as your favorite podcast listening app. And remember, say hello to your little friend for me. If you take two old punk rockers who are past their prime, put them in front of a movie screen and give them a podcast, what do you get? Cinema punks. Cinepunks. It's the mixtape of movies.
Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Oh, necrophilia. It's a dead issue, man. Don't don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, prudes. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in it. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of here. unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this movie. Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this, like, little nerd glee with everything Dude, that kept Little history up. doll yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you, you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped from watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was How did you watch movie. this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. We now continue with our program. I'm not, you know, like like you you do. It's it's really true, you know. It's 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 you, you live a life, you go through the up and downs and stuff, but you you learn to deal with it much better. When you're younger, you're much more passionate and you mm-hmm. have all these confidence and belief, you know. And then you get knocked down and whatever, you know. And 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 it just has less of an effect, you know. Like like you know, when I did my first movie, you know, Fi in Thailand, um, you know, um, when when it was released, I actually I was love 25. that one, by the way. Thank you. You, thank you. you were very good at capturing a hard-boiled style. And yeah. I saw some of these critics, they were very hackneyed. They were just like... The script like, was really bad. And I wrote the script, so I have no one to blame. You know, but well, I wrote the script when I was 23. So it was like, and, and it was like, and, and I'll, I'll be the first to say, like, I, I just put all these things in there. And, and there oh, was... Really? Yeah, because it wasn't like, because I was young and I didn't know any better. I thought I knew everything. <laughs> but I didn't know any better, you know, and, and I was very like, again, you know, I was this young, young guy and, and you know, I, I went to film school. I'm from Thailand and, and it was like, mm-hmm. I, I know what I'm doing, you know, right. and, and I was fortunate to get the break here in Thailand to do it. But then I wasn't I, um, um, I didn't I didn't look to find people that were experienced to join me. Like literally, I did it with um, uh, my friend, uh, my high school buddy who went to film school in New York, um, Deisho, who was my first AD and second unit director, and my producer was Mona. They were all my age. This was all oh, our man. first movie, and it was like you know, pretty decent budget for Thailand, and it was the three of us left to our own devices. Wow. And um, you did a banged up job by. I mean, everyone was saying in the reviews it looks like you know a bad John Woo, but I mean, I see what you're going for, and that's better and, and, than versus whether you're successful or not with it. I mean, I'm seeing some Michael Bay floors. I'm seeing some... Uh... And those were it. It was, it was, you know, at the time, you know, like like for action movies, you know, it was, it was, was Michael Bay who was new. You know, you know, John Woo, obviously, you know, growing up, you know, being yeah. Asian, and, and Michael Mann, you know, like those, yeah. you know, and and I, I'm not saying I, I got anywhere close to it, but those were my influences. And, and, well, yeah, and every the directing part, the, had the to shoot, be the way it looked, <laughs> everything you know like I, i'm really proud of you know the, the, the thing that was bad about it was the script and uh, the script i wrote myself 
and, Maybe and, so. and even and even my friends when they were reading it they're like you should change this and stuff i just didn't listen you know and 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 but that's on me and but i'm i'm really proud of that movie and and and, and it got me in the door in la well, you know like in, in hollywood I, I'm not so. here to, you know, kiss ass, but I, I do think you did a good job at at least setting a tone, a tone, because yeah. everyone else who I've seen who's had a rocky start has either been just very too much workmanlike, where they're mm -hmm. just trying to get it done. And so, yes, I mean, you were caught up, to be fair, in the midst of, you know, the post-marketing era, where it's like, I mean, all of those influences you mentioned is like, that's kind of was the thing. You know, every disaster movie had to be flashy like Bay. Every shootout had to look like a robbery that man would do. And John Woo, you know, you had to have some of that philosophy, yeah. that brooding conversation before someone goes off to kill whatever their but nemesis is. But keep in mind, too, like, it, it was, um, it, it was, it was mid-90s, um, maybe, you know, towards, towards, towards the end of the 90s, because um, it was around 97, 98. And, um, and it was for Thailand. Yeah. I, you know, I, I never like thought anybody outside of Thailand would see it and it did well here, you know, and everything. But, um, but then, you know, um, uh, uh, <laughs> used to be um, on Yes uh, Asia <laughs> uh, as yeah. a VCD you could buy. I don't know if you can now. I think you'd have to really go up the ass for eBay to just find a copy. But, uh, yeah, a few years I, back, this one guy was uploading shootouts and key action scenes and he uploaded most of your movie on there. And wow. I was like, I, I okay. <laughs> I think his account got suspended, but I mean, you, I saw it was like, okay, with the factory finale and it was like, yeah. okay, this is like an epic James Cameron, you know, tribute. It was, you know, we, we, we tried a lot. Like I said, you were young and you know, you, you could do it, you know, like there's no one to say, no, you're only limited by the budget you had. And, and again, back then it was a decent sized budget in Thailand. We could do a lot. You know, it was yeah. still under a million dollars, but it's still a lot here. You know, like it, it, you know, the, the the economics of filmmaking is, is is very different here. You know, than than over there. So, and and it got, you know, it it got my career started. So I think you, you got know, a few I'm, I'm festival thankful. awards because you were like one of the first successful Thailand producers. I, I didn't I didn't I didn't go. I I didn't do submit anything myself. You know, because um um after okay. the movie was done, I just you know I I actually just went to L.A. Um, and I actually wanted to go to film school, back to film school. I wanted to go to USC, oh, really? UCLA. Yeah, I wanted to do their MFA program. And and I bought a one VHS, VHS copy of my movie, and, and I was pretty sure I was just going to walk in admissions and, like, hey, I, I did this movie. I want to, you know, like, and I, <laughs> I do have a degree from Emerson College, you know, um, a bachelor's, you know, my BFA from there. So I was like, there's a oh, good really? chance I'm getting in, you know, and that's why I went to L.A. I, I didn't go into L.A. looking for work, you know. I was just like, yeah, what do you have to I, lose? <laughs> and and um and I and I bought the movie and then um you know I met some really cool people, um 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 and and um they they helped me and and you know the, I made twenty copies of the movie, and it just sort of got around and 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 um and, and that's how that's how I got my break. The right people saw the movie at the right time, I guess you know and and um and that's how right. and that's how that started. But um but it was uh it was you know. Shit, it's, it's, it's so long ago, twenty years ago. You know, um, I can't believe it's been twenty years. But um, oh, but here we are. It's been stunning. <laughs> I mean, you've had numerous interviews. I mean, back when you were promoting ballistic, and back, yeah. you know, after the fact, when you uh -huh. and you talked about, you know, how Man from Nowhere, Bullet, French Connection, yeah. and all the other filmmakers we talked about were very key in just your 
setup shots and editing style. And did you have any other kind of just influence? Like, did did your were your folks ever like, yeah, you're a big movie buff, you gotta get into the movies or anything like that? Well, no, because um, my father, you know, he's retired. You know, he's he's been retired since '88. Um, he, he's 94 now, but um, he, oh, he really? was a career diplomat. You know, so um, when I was born, he was an ambassador. So I, mm. I traveled. I traveled around the world with him. You know, like I've lived in Russia, Denmark, Pakistan. So you're very cultured. Nice. And um, um, my mom's side, they're all either prosecutors, lawyers, or judges. So I was like, you know, but but to their credit, they always encouraged me to do what I wanted. Like uh-huh. when I told my mom I wanted to go to film school, and I told her early. There was never like, don't do it, you know. No, my, <laughs> my dad too. They they were extremely supportive, and and because because I I've been blessed, you know. Um, when I went to film school, I didn't really attend many classes because I I just wanted like access to the equipment, but um um I was able to 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 play around with the cameras from Super 8s and all that, you know, um Bolexes uh-huh. and and just shoot, just shoot. I just spent I just shot for four years. I just shot. Stuff that no one nowadays knows how to operate because they're all like, yeah. oh, red yeah. camera, whoop to do yeah, I can we, do anything. And it's like, uh, well, that's, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like how the digital provides opportunity, but at the same time, like we were discussing before we started recording, is like the, it just abuses kind of the privilege, if you will. Um, well, there's just so many people who don't know how to use this equipment. and The equipment are, is better much better it's much more accessible and everything you know but 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 it's still a craft you know you still need to know the craft you still need to know the exposure you still need to you know instead of buying like you know film stock that's you know 100 asa 250 asa now you just punch it into the you know and and you can set it but you still need to know what that does you know Mm -hmm. you still need to know like you know okay if you shoot at this and then you know like if if you're shooting on a 500 or, or most digital cameras today are rated at 800 um yeah. you know a lot of people like to shoot at 800 but you know and you still should know like if you change the angle you know the shutter you know from 170 you know like what that does and, and all that stuff it doesn't match up and yeah but you know on the flip side of that the cameras have been are so advanced today if you get like a dslr or your iphone you know it, it's point and shoot almost you know and, and then you're looking at it and and and, and, and i think that's the biggest problem with yeah. a lot of independent movies uh, it's um on this phone, I was using the Filmmaker Pro uh, years before Soderbergh was using it on, on Sane. And I'm still encountering people who are like, oh, that's so amateur. Why would you use a phone? I'm like, well, you don't have to do it the same time every time. But you just got to be consistent with whatever you're using. Like, if we're going to pay, you know, X amount to these guys and that guys, that's fine. But don't, you know, let one of the actors get word that you overpaid so-and-so versus them, you know, all that. And yeah. Same thing with the filmmakers. Have there be a backup? Have there be two sound guys? And it seems like too many guys where I live, they like to do the whole crapola where they hire just one guy who knows it all, who has all the equipment, and they fuck everyone over just because they're not getting along with the director or the writer. And it's just like you got to have two different people, and you got to pretty much say, hey, here's the contract. If you don't abide by this, you're not getting paid. <laughs> Get lost. And it doesn't seem to happen nowadays. Everyone's bribing each other, being mean to each other. And uh, it seems like you barely escaped that. You pretty much just kept getting locked out of the decision making, but you didn't 
what would you did i i, I don't know uh, did you I, have as many how do i put this then um it's it's like i've been able to to, to continue to have a career and 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 but it's also now you have to you know um uh you know uh like i'm based in thailand uh-huh. so my career revolves around this and 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 through through people i know you know the network I've, I've built up over the years and and you know and so it does depend on work around here and stuff but i think it's changing i think um the streaming sites netflix everything you know especially netflix you know i think they've changed the game completely there's you know, third party or, sites you can even go to i found a site where you can find a hong kong film to watch mm-hmm. and i'm like that's great because i've seen a bunch of places where you could watch anime i'm like i don't want to watch anime i want to watch movies of the world but, but know, i will i will say percent. this I, I do i do believe you know the the technology we're talking about you know i do believe there are more, more and more really really good first time filmmakers today than at, than at any time you know because i do think they get to play around with with decent equipment and everything you know and, and then once they get to a level once they get their break it, it's pretty you know it, it it's you know they they have other people other mm-hmm. professionals that they're working with that can make things, you know, look really good and, and and everything, you know. But 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 it is true. Like you can take an iPhone, go out, and and create something good, you know. Where right. before, you know, twenty years ago, it was impossible. A like, gimmick is easier take, to sell. Yeah, you couldn't take a a, a phone, you know, or or something, yeah. you know. Like you you had to, and and it all cost money. That's what I was getting. I was really blessed because when I was in school, you know, uh, my parents paid for my school. I didn't have to work, you know, and okay, I always had great. the money um, to um, to go out and buy film stock, to develop it, you know, to sit there and cut it, you know, on on you know at the you know in the school, you know, on on one of those old moviolas and all that <laughs> stuff, you know, where you're you know you're you're you know film student in Boston and in winter, you know, you're rolling film and cutting your fingers and all you know like <laughs> all that great stuff. It's I, I got to do all that, and I didn't have to worry about waiting tables or, or whatever you know so, no, so my parents my parents have been very supportive going back to your original question you know like and and, no, and, 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 and i've been really really lucky about that you know and, and and i appreciate when i see like my classmates you know when we're doing a school project together would have to schedule around their work time because they're part-time you know and everything and, and, <laughs> and, and it, it makes me realize like you know like i'm very lucky you know and and, and I, i've been really lucky and and I've had more good luck with the opportunities with the career I've had than bad luck, you know, but, but people see, you know, and it's like, like we were talking about, you get to a point where you're doing stuff where you get offered work and, and because it's a career and that's what we're talking about earlier, when you're young and you're starting out, you have Mm -hmm. all this passion and belief and these dreams and, you know, like you're going to do this, you're going to do that. But when you've been doing it for 20 years, there are jobs you just have to take. Because I've got a family, you know, like uh, I have a I have a newborn who's just four months old, you know. I have, <laughs> I have people I have to take care of, so you have to take you have to take jobs. Yeah, and a lot of these jobs, especially you know, in the past ten years, where I, you know I'm based in Thailand, it's like you either say yes or say no. Saying yeah. yes means you know you're you're set for the next for this year. Saying no means you have no income. So you know you take the job. You know, you, you do the job, but it's also why, like, you know, since I've been in Thailand, like I've, I've broken off and, and, and I've started to to shoot for other people, not just direct, uh-huh. because then it came about because like all, all the movies that were around, like I just didn't want to direct. 
you know, I've made a few under different names. We won't talk about what names for movies, but I've I've done a few. You know, people don't even know about. And and um, it's gonna um, stay that way. And I'm not gonna ask you that. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> I, I mean, no, then, I I totally respect that. I if you look me up on IMDb, you will yeah. find me underneath Texas Pot Zombies Two. I live in Texas, but I did not. I was not the cinematographer on that movie. <laughs> but yeah, some people are like a credit's a credit, right? But uh, a credit's you know, a credit. So yeah. you you've had it rough. You've had to essentially, again, yeah, career versus you know profit. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and many of our icons are still going into this habit, where it's like so many of them have been told many times, you know, hang it up. Like Brian De Palma last year struggled with this where he came out with a movie and he was already disowning it even before it came out and it just seemed like he's using a 70s style you know kind of setup that doesn't work in today's world and i mean the movie was even highly criticized as not looking like it's even color corrected Hmm. and i'm like what a shame you had what was fascinating to him and it came out as a generic fbi thriller and I mean, sound familiar, but I mean, uh, I'm like, what a shame. I mean, he had everything at his disposal that the producers were saying from the director of Mission Impossible. It had two stars from Game of Thrones and it wasn't enough. It it, it just was unrecognizable. People, people, people don't understand that that um, that that very few directors, very few have a final say, get, get have final say on anything. Most they look at you on TV. And they think, oh, you were in charge of that episode. It's like, no, the producer was telling them, I think you need to shoot that. I need you need to set up this. And if you and, deviate from this tone, then you're fired. <laughs> and especially when you're doing like, like, okay, like, so, so, like, on ballistic, you know, um, uh, um, you know, the company we're working with and everything, it's like, uh, they inflate everything. You know, uh-huh. so so they they put it out there that you know it it's and that you know the, ironically that's one of the few things that that you know most people don't that you know um, at the time you know they they um no one really questioned but it, I and I found that funny because they were selling it as like this seventy million dollar movie or whatever you know I mean like with all our stars we had a lot of money but it was still only like thirty five I mean I saw the budget I I worked on it you know but it yeah, was sold as a seventy million it, it dollar wasn't. movie because they inflated so you know yeah. Not a hundred million. It was under that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was thirty-five. Like that's what we had, you know. And and you know we we I, you know we we did a lot of with it. But even even on 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 that budget, you know, we're still having meetings. And and you know, like the one one of the gags that I came up with, which um, Joel Kramer, who was a stunt coordinator, and right. and um, Bruce Steinheimer, uh, my worked my, on Michael my, Mann my special and effects guy, who James who, who who came up and did it was that. That, you know, because it wasn't CG, it was that high fall that I want to take the guy all the way down. I remember spending days having meetings of like, because they weren't going to let me do it because it was going to cost too much. And <laughs> like, you know, like, I mean, like, you know, but we fought for it. And then there were things we had to take out to, to, to enable to get that, you know, to get that right. one shot and stuff. And one and, stunt versus another. And it, and it's, and it's like, no matter what budget level you have, unless you've got like, you know, you're doing a Marvel movie, I guess today, you know, like it's, <laughs> it's, it's, you, it's the same, it's always the same discussion, you know, budget dictates everything, you know, sort of like, so, so going back to where I am today, like, um, you know, I, I just did these um, three movies that, that were mine, that, that I came up with a story for all three. I only wrote one because I don't like writing, but, um, 
um there were we'll definitely get small to those. Budgets. yeah we've got you know, so many questions like, on those. <laughs> and it's like and i just wanted to do it because it's like i just wanted to make it because i wanted to do something where i i wanted to you know have fun i didn't want it to feel <laughs> like work you know and and then like but even when we we're doing that and even though it was like my own personal investor people i knew you know like it was i wasn't i didn't do you have to deal with like and and angels taught me that because you have to like once you make a movie it's not just making the movie it's like how do you get it out there mm-hmm. like i feel personally um and very few people have seen it you know but like i feel like angels is a really good movie like i'm really proud of that movie but we couldn't sell it we couldn't sell it for the life of like you know like we we couldn't sell it and then finally when we got to sell it it had to become zero tolerance so even on the smaller budget, yeah. yeah. So it was like, I had to like, how do I, how do I? So I took stories that weren't meant to be a zombie movie, but because I didn't want to go out and spend time and pay money to get stars or whatever, you know, like, um, I, I, I put it into a zombie world, you know, mm-hmm. so that I was like, well, you know, I guess zombies can sell, which, which I'm proving correct because you know we we did yeah. we did we did have a distributor Always and everything and, and 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 it did work you know and 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 my investors are making a profit on these movies so so that's all good because mm-hmm. you need to make a profit especially in the independent world if you want to have a career because yes. you make you know, you know like make you can the get all the all, all the bad reviews you want but if you make a profit you're you're fine like that you, <laughs> the, the fiduciary responsibility is very important in the independent world unless you you, you know, first time out and, and you just, you know, you make like a, a brick or whatever, you know, that just transcends it just, you know, you know, has a, you know, which is very rare, but so, yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot that goes into filmmaking and even at, at these small movies where like, I, I really do have a lot of control and everything's on me. The budget right. still dictates a lot, you yes. know, like, like people don't believe me, but you know, like, like dead earth, we shot that in nine days. Right. And and my I most did, important and the most important thing for me was like I, I have to make it look good. You know, yes. it's gonna be lacking in these certain places or whatever, right? But where they're at the very least is like when someone watches it, it has to feel like they're watching a movie. The sound has to be right, you know, the music, the score, everything, you know, it's gotta be mixed properly, you know, like gotta, you know, we I need to get a big room, you know, like all of that. <laughs> so that's what we try to do, you know, because it's like we don't have the resources to do the things that 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 will help, you know. Because because right. I wanted to make a movie about two people nobody knew about that you know if they were, if they were stuck together what would happen, you know. And and that was the idea, you know. And and I actually, you got affordable actors right there, you know. They're played they by weren't even actors. On. It was their first time, you know. Like they were first, right. you know. They you know one was a student and the other one was was a friend of a friend. You know who who wanted that? You know, and and I saw their casting tape, and I was like, all right, you know, like you know, they look good, and and they <laughs> they have charm, whatever. Let's do it, and and you know, like um, um, they weren't doing it for the money; they just doing it for the opportunity, you know, and and which I was lucky, but um, and then you know, it even it got bigger than I thought I I wanted to be because I really wanted to just be me, a camera, and the actors, right? But then it turned into like you know, I was able to bring my crew on and everything, you know, because. I found an investor and and um and I'm 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 happy with both of those movies. You know, like it it'd be for for what they are. Like, you know, like um it's not it's not, you know, I don't feel the, that way I do about other movies with my name on it, like say Ballistic or Tekken or all these other movies, you know, zero tolerance, you know, where it's like I, I don't even know what I'm watching, you know, like it's like so on these movies <laughs> it's it's like if you told me like 
you know, and I haven't even asked you, but it's like, you know, I, I didn't like that article. So I, I would totally respect that. And I wouldn't feel, I, I wouldn't feel anything, you know, like <laughs> back then when people were hating on ballistic, even though it, it wasn't my cut, like I took it very personal because it was also my first time, you know, like, like, in well, the you should, and, 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 and they I, don't I know, how it. but, it, <laughs> but I let it affect me because it was like, like, you know, I was worrying about like, shit, you know, like I was just worrying about things I couldn't control. You know, so today, after 20 years, it's like, I worry about the things I can't control. Things I can't well, control, I don't, you know, like, I don't read review. I don't, I don't, you know, like, it's whatever. In all fairness, though, that movie claims to have a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes, but that isn't the case. There was plenty of blog sites that gave it a decent review. There was even one gal who gave it an A- minus because she was a big Banderas fan. So, just take that with a grain of salt, you know? Because there's a lot of stuff by franchise pictures that was getting hated on at the time after the Battlefield Earth fiasco and their and then, fraud you know, they, they tax credits. Throw many litigation and all that stuff, you know, and then yeah. it was, you know, we came we came out at the tail end of that when, when shit was just about to hit up the fan, you know, so. But, you know, um, uh, we, yeah, we have many I mean, fans on this site and they're going to kill me if I don't ask any questions. Uh, they. They just liked your overall visual style with that movie, as well as just the setup, how it's a very straightforward story. And in a way, your movie kind of influenced a bunch of other kind of conspiracy movies. Like, uh, Ballistic is very similar to the movie uh, War with Jet Li and Jason Statham. It had another FBI, East meets West type of feel and faking an identity in a very, you know, unrealistic well, you way. Know, on, on Ballistic. <laughs> I think I've said this in an interview a long time ago, but a yeah, with some combat syndicate, I think. And, and even, yeah, and and it's um, when I read the script, Alan McElroy wrote the script, and he's a really good writer, you know, especially in this genre. I mean, he's doing really well right today, you know, um, with with TV, you know, Star Trek and stuff like that. But he's a really, really good writer. Wrote Spawn. Why I liked the script was um, um, it felt was like Leon. And 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 that was exactly it. When I wrote when I read the script, I went to my producer Chris Lee, who bought me the script, and I was like, I want to do this, and we have to cast Chow Yun Fat and Jean Reno. Yeah. It has to be Chow Yun Fat and Jean Reno. And the movie was about the little boy. Sever the whole MacGuffin of the movie was that Sever took the kid, this eight year old boy, and set him in a glass box, right? And the box was sitting on, like like c4 in in this warehouse you know like at, at like a mousetrap <laughs> literally that was the original script and and i really? love that it was so visual yeah. and it was like a kid when when the studios came in and bought them and we're, and we're gonna allow us that was the first thing to go like you can't <laughs> put a boy in a cage you know in a glass box on top of dynamite you know like you just can't yeah, and the second one much. was we had to put in a gimmick like because the first movie was all about family there were no, there was no nanotechnology. There was no microfilm, you know, no. none of that. It was just, it was, <laughs> it was all family, you know, because, you know, and 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 um, and Peter Lankoff actually another really good writer who now has like, you know, I mean, he, I think he he did as good as of a job. He did a great job, you know. I, I love. He was already Peter. getting hated on because he did those Universal Soldier sequels for Showtime that were pretty infamous, but. He had a elongated career on 24, CSI New and, York. And he, 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 he's a brilliant writer, like Alan, you know, and I'm really glad they're getting all the success they're getting now, you know, because you're right, they yeah. were hated on the time, but, you know, they're, they're, they're really good writers. But, again, what people don't understand, it's not like Peter Lenkov came to me and said, right. hey, he was wait, just hired. 
<laughs> I've, I've got this brilliant idea, right? Like, I'm, we're going to make this nanotechnology thing, you know? It, 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 it wasn't, it was a note that we all had to do, you know? So it, it's trying to take like this square piece and fit it into this round hole, you know, at the, at, at, before we even started shooting, you know? And, 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 and then the casting process was like, oh my God, it was, you know, <laughs> I mean, like, I can't even tell you how many people it was, it was going to be before it ended up being Antonio Banderas and Lucy Liu. You know, and, and, oh, and, and it's, um, it's interesting because you kind of debunked a lot of those rumors because, I mean, you were talking about how it was Vin Diesel versus Stallone, but I don't know where the hell Wesley Snipes versus Jet Li one came from. I don't recall where that one came it out. Was part, it was part It was part of it because um, um, they did Art of War, I think, right? But that's what I'm saying. It was when Franchise Pictures, they were working with all these actors. Oh, right? okay. So um, the very first person they wanted was Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> whom I met and he was terrific. He was awesome. I mean, and it, it was the only time in Hollywood where I met a celebrity and I really geeked out. Like, <laughs> it, 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 like you know, like we, we were having breakfast and it was, and I, and literally in the middle of the breakfast, I'm like, I'm so sorry to do this, but I, I just, I can't fucking believe like, you know, like Rocky Rambo, you know, like you're, you're right here. Like I can, it's the only time I did that. And, and I felt like a stupid kid, but I had to, you know, and, and, <laughs> There are no iPhones, so I couldn't take a selfie. I couldn't you know, right. upload it to my Instagram. You know, like it was, it was, it was a really you could good. Could have done a Polaroid. And <laughs> um, who carries a Polaroid? <laughs> I know. I'm just saying fact. <laughs> but um, um, and then you know, it was like you know the the head of franchise pictures, and then I think he got into an argument with 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 with, with Sylvester Stallone. And then you know, you get the call. Two movies that were kind of yeah, and then you, yeah, and then they, oh. they, they, their relationship kind of ended. So then you get the call and you go, okay, you know, slides out, and then then you know, and they're the ones who are like, all right, we want you to go meet Wesley, and I did, <laughs> and and again, it was really good, and you know, it was terrific, mm. you know, and but then I guess they fell out again or something, you know, because next, you know, a few weeks later, it was like, okay, no, you know, Wesley had a big head. To be fair, back then he wanted to be in charge of Blade and all that, so he was, I'm sure he was really cool. He he was really oh, you know. When well, I, no, I'm not saying really he's cool. an asshole. I'm not saying that. I'm just yeah. saying, uh, uh, but I'm sure you know, actors, you know, we they're just like anyone else. If yeah. they sense and that something is off, they're gonna tell it to you, saying. Mm, and I met when when I met with Stallone. I also at that time because it was gonna be Stallone and Vin Diesel. It just done pitch black. This was before Fast, you know, and 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 um, really? I don't even, yeah, and he probably, you know, and and it was great too. And it was it was going to be before Sloan dropped out. It was going to be Spy and and Vin Diesel, you know, and, and interesting. Um, well, <laughs> and I I thought driving fast cars I, and motorcycles years before. That's what I, I like I, I I like that idea, and 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 I'd, I'd seen pitch black, but that's all I'd seen. And and um, when I met with Vin Diesel. I thought he was really, really good too. You know, like he was a really cool guy. He was, he was, you know, very, very normal, very down. Like, keep in mind, this was twenty years ago too. You know, guy, I, you know, he probably couldn't pick me out of lineup today. But at the time, <laughs> and I really, but that well, was you never a know. Of the movie. Maybe that you was a version one. of the movie that that I really wanted to do. Was was <laughs> you know like and and then when slide dropped out, you know, everything changed. You know, so but that went on for a while. And, and I didn't, you know, I, and I didn't know that it was going to take that long, but it did, you know, so, so a lot of that too, people, you know, so it's like, by the time you get to like, we landed in Tony Banderas and everything, and then they're working, like, you just want to start, 
So mm-hmm. it's like whatever, you know. Okay, you know, whatever. All right, you know. Uh, you know, like you, so you just yeah, you've been working on it for like seven months already. You know, you just like let's just get going. You know, like let's whatever you want. Okay, you you, you want get, nanotechnology uh... in the kid? Like fuck, fuck yeah. All right, nanotechnology. I fucking love it. You know, like let let's go. You know, like there was a lot of that too. Did you so. get to uh, meet Jet Li by any chance, or was he unavailable at the time? Um, I I never met him for the movie. I met oh. him outside of you know like oh, like, nice. like uh yeah you know but i, I never met him fun fact uh, uh for the longest time uh during the chaotic uh car chase there's uh one asian american who gets out of a car and for the longest time the back when you could add anything to imdb and wikipedia still has this believe it or not uh they thought it was uh jet lee making a cameo as the car driver it's like don't you just love the look, internet? It's like he doesn't look anything like Jet Li, but if I was any <laughs> stupider and back when IMDb was, you know, the tell all know it all, I was like, I would have thought, Oh, it must be him. <laughs> was there ever a time when IMDb was the know it no, all or... No, but everyone had that illusion because this is back in yeah. you know the dawn of the internet. <laughs> I even saw people yeah. realize recently that Amazon owns it. I'm like They've always owned it, guys. What are you talking about? Ever since 96, when it first got formatted. Yeah. But yeah, go, going back, yeah. uh, have you ever been tempted to get re-associated? Re- ah, sorry, I can't speak today. Uh, reassociated with uh, some of these guys who you tested out with them? Do you think they would recognize you? I mean, I'm sure Stallone would want you to pin the Expendables and Vin would want you to do Triple X or Fast and Furious. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't no? Think so. You don't like... think so? Because Millennium uh, Films is pretty dirt cheap. I, I'm just yeah, saying that. You know, like, they, 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 you know, like, look, Millennium Films, you know, they, they make movies that I like watching. Well, no, I, not, I, know, I think yeah, everyone here likes yeah. them. But yeah, I'm just saying, know, they, they, they look for people who they can get, and they're not necessarily name people, but... But also, you know, um, I mean, I'm, I'm quite... It would, I'm not saying, like, I, I get, you know, um, um, the offers... From 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 LA, you know, um, they uh they stopped a long time ago. So you know, it it, it yeah. And 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 it's um you know for me it's it's like honestly, because I've been through so much, of like the Shit. downside, the negative, you know. Yeah. It, it would have to it 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 would it would have to be something that 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 I'd be okay with too. Yeah. Because I'm I'm quite happy, you know, doing providing production services for other movies that come to shoot in Thailand, where you know people don't even know, you know, I worked on it or whatever, you know, and, and when uh-huh. they, when when they come shoot in Thailand and they use my company, you know, a lot of times, um, um, I do a lot of the action and everything, you know, and then and I have I have a good time, you know, I I get paid decent money and everything, and then and yeah. then it's 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 not it's not bad. You know, and and I, there are movies I want to make. You know, for sure. You know, bigger budgets and everything. But I, I don't, I don't want to go back. Or if I'm given the opportunity, it, it has to be with people I trust. And that's what right. I'm doing now. Like everything I do, you know, I, I try to work with people I know, producers, investors. You know, I know that are like they're gonna be okay. Even because even like when we did Angels, and I'm really good friends with with the, the main investor. You know, but he led the charge to change uh-huh. it to zero tolerance and everything, you know, and, and I, I, I went along with it because I felt bad, you know, we spent a million bucks, you know, like, you know, so that pretty like, much you cut know, you your foot in the door with Lionsgate. Which yes. Is right now. So exactly, you know, so, so, I mean, fun that fact, was the, that was the thing. Yeah. Zero tolerance is known in other countries like the UK 
as a sequel to the Denzel Washington Marky Mark movie Two Guns. Like it's titled as Two Guns Zero Tolerance. I'm like, this has nothing to do with Two Guns. I didn't even know that. It's not even a buddy movie. You should totally look it up. I just found out this the other day while doing research, and I knew you'd get. I didn't know if you're gonna get shits and giggles out of it or just be like those motherfuckers. They did it again. <laughs> no, it's funny, but you know, but I I really like Gone. Um, it's actually a really you know I really enjoy my relationship with Lionsgate. You know, they've they've been you know grindstone. You know, they've, they've been, been really really good for indie yeah, movies. They and, figured and, and out years been, ago. They've been really good. You know, like I have no complaints. They're very clear on what they want. You know, when they do, you know, I mean, I did Angels before. You know, like like you said, that got the foot in. You know, so I didn't know them. But no, you know, like I said, now now when everything we do, it's it's um it's geared for my my investors first and foremost. Like I gotta, you know, so I'm trying to find that balance. Uh, where, I would hire you on the spot. I'm just letting you know. I, I'd try to, you know, and and more and more now though, it's um I'm looking <laughs> like I like shooting. I like being the DP, like because being the DP, like I care about the work, but then the script, it's like whatever the director wants whatever the actors, you know, and then, well, then and I, sometimes I the camera and editing does make what's lacking in the script yeah, better yeah. because it so tells that's it visually. What, that's what I try yeah. to do. You know, like, yeah. like that's what, that's what I try to do. I try to help my director. I try to serve him or her and, and I get to have fun because I love being on set. But then when you're the DP, you, there's 90% less bullshit you have to deal with. Right. Because you're not in charge is, of the actor and all that. Which is yeah. which is like like I I tell people and they don't believe me, but I prefer to be I prefer to shoot, like hire me, you know, like like hire me to be your right. DP. Like, like I'll the... go anywhere, like you know, feed me. I'm happy to shoot. Like I, I just I just <laughs> want to spend time on set. You don't need to overpay me. You know, like you barely need to pay me. If it's, <laughs> if it's somewhere cool, I want to go or whatever. You know, just feed me and 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 I'm there. You know, as long as you're it's, not it's, the DP. so stress free. It's as long so as you're, stress-free. It, it is. And, I mean, as long as you're not the DP on Terminator Salvation who walks into the frame of diva <laughs> Christian Bell, you're, you're good. I, I can't help I, myself. I, I wasn't there. I was, yeah, you know, like, you, you know, I, 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 I listened to well, it. I, I saw it. He, his career went up. His career kind of went down. Just saying. <laughs> there's always two sides to every story, you know? Well, like, he, you know he's he, a beloved he, actor, but he got a big head. He was yeah. playing Batman, and he was playing an iconic character of a sci-fi franchise, and it's like, and it's just like. But people I don't realize, you know, for any movie, no matter how what what the budget is and everything, when when you're the lead, that's a, it's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of stress. I've worked I've worked with a lot of actors, you know, you know, stars, non-stars, whatever, and and they're under the same stress. And the bigger right. you are as a star, I think, you know, the stress is more, you know, because it's like, you're, you know, you know, it, it, it's, I, I do feel for them and, and people on the outside sometimes might look at and go, probably the easiest job in the world, probably the easiest job on set, you know, um, it's not, um, right. I can tell you right now, it, it's not being, being, being a producer is the easiest job on set. You don't even have to be on set, <laughs> but, uh, I would liken um, your career kind of to that of Anthony Hickox who's best known for various action and horror franchises. He kind of became the name guy for a while. He was doing Hellraiser and Warlock oh, sequels. Okay. He mm-hmm. originated the Waxwork franchise. Then he did a few Dolph Lundgren movies, and then he did uh, just various other just come-and-go kind of movies. And he always talked about how he would get so many different personas on one set, but he kept track mm-hmm. of every penny, and 
he just realized he just had a sense of humor about it. He's like, this guy's not really a people person. He's just an actor who's kind of method. And this gal, she's really stuck up bitch, but it's okay. I'll just ignore it and everything will be fine. And the main lead, he's he's a darling. We need more people like him, you know. <laughs> like and you know, and you just answered a question that that um, I think in 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 my movies, the re- you know people who review it, because my friends tell me all the time they they love sending me negative reviews. I have great friends. Um, oh, why? And, um, it's fucked and, up. Uh, it's fine, but it's uh you know they always <laughs> ask like how 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 does he continue to work? And you hit the nail on the head. I have a budget. I stick to the budget. Yeah. I never go over schedule, and I deliver what I say I'm going to deliver, and that's how I've, I've continued to work. Right, know, because there's all these bastards to... who are impossible to work with, but they keep being used because they keep earning studios money and awards. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, and I mean, there's, they're, they're really famous directors, really successful directors that's, you know, been replaced on multiple movies. Right. One person that keeps getting replaced on multiple movies, but it's still, you know, I mean, like it, it is a lot of. Uh, Brian Singer, I think, is done now, though. After that Oscar fiasco, I wasn't thinking about Brian Singer. Well, no, no um, one's but, thinking about Brian Singer, but I'm just, especially after the pedophile allegations. But uh, I'm just saying, it just, uh, in general, he always kind of had a bad work ethic, which was, I'm gonna just do this on autopilot, and I'm yeah. gonna keep. When the director shows up to set late and it's not a second unit, that's bad, you know. But they're 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 big directors that that like don't even show up on set. <laughs> that people don't Maybe know I, I, I'm, I'm either that or they're in the but trailer and they're say, telling like, like like it's <laughs> it, it's it's a very complicated business, mm-hmm. and and especially you know at in in at, at the higher level you know like so so out here we try to keep it the basics as possible. Right. You know, and 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 um, you know, like I've built a little niche where I I have I have a crew. They're very good. They're very efficient, and um, we have fun. And no matter what we're working on, you know, like like you know, again, we were talking about it earlier. But a great example when I read the script of Tekken, Tekken two, it was the, so the, bad. The video game, yeah, yeah, it it was it was so bad, you know. But the money was good. I wasn't doing anything. You know, if I say yes, my crew, my whole crew gets to work, you know, for, for like a couple months, you know, whatever it is. So you say yes. And, and you know, and, you're already and you working it. with uh, Kane Kosagi on another project. And that's that's why. Yeah. I mean, I, so you I've got to meet him. With, get with, that. With Kane, but that was one of the big reasons, you know, the money and, and Kane. It was like, oh, because, you know, I remember Kane Kosugi because I was a huge fan of his father, you know, uh-huh. and Revenge, sure, Revenge of the Ninja is still my favorite ninja movie and i love <laughs> and, and you know revenge of the ninja to me it's the best one of all these ninja movies you know and, and i remember little kane as you know when he was eight years old six years old whatever the hell it was you know and, <laughs> and, and i watch his movies you know all these movies you know like you know and, and i really liked him and you know um that was a big reason why i was like i'll do Tekken, you know and but the caveat was i wasn't allowed to change a single word oh, you know and man. We had very little money, shockingly little money. But I'm not gonna ask. I mean, because I, I don't want to put you in that position where everyone's like, "Oh, you know, this and that." Because I'm noticing that too, where everyone judges everyone based on their budget, but like they act like if I were to tell you we did a movie for five thousand, you know, 
some people think that's cool, but most people are going to be like, oh, fucking amateur, you know? So they, they have this pre, this very negative, passive aggressive attitude it is like, without, you know, if it's under 2 million, you're nothing. I'm like, well, that's not necessarily true. I mean, some of the people I just mentioned, you know, Mark L. Lester's another one, went from doing Commando to a bunch of HBO premiere movies. Yeah. He often stuck, back when he was a Hollywood name and back when he was the go to video guy, he always stuck to 10,000. Look, um, 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 ballistic cost, you know, so I've done a movie, you know, I've done a $35 million movie. Right. That's how I've much done, that one. I've done, I've done $7 million commercials and I've done a slew of movies for less than half a million dollars. Okay. So, so I've done it all, you know, like yeah, it, you've it, done it all. It, 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 it's the bigger they keep budget. It secret. It, the bigger budgets, all it means is you have more people. More, more time yeah. and better food but not necessarily you know, more freedom sometimes you still don't get the freedom <laughs> you, don't, yeah. you don't bigger budget no freedom There's zero freedom. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay so there you go you've just busted a big myth that everyone thinks more money more more freedom it's like no you, you don't get any freedom you get all these studio hats that you got to answer to yeah. you have to you know and and if you get lucky because i really think like a hit movie a lot of luck is involved. It's yes. not, you know, you know. I mean, it it, it really is, you know. It it because look, no one sets off to do a bad movie. No, you can you definitely like even e- like even Tekken two. It's like the script sucked, right? But taking that bad script, we all tried our best. It wasn't like you know where like I'm just gonna half light this scene, you know, because I'm you know I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna use one light instead of you know like the normal compliment, you know, because. No, that doesn't happen. You you still right. try to do the best you can, you know. But it's like, and then but then you know you know on a movie like that could do it was like we knew that best case scenario it'll be watchable. Kane knew that. Kane and I having you know we bonded on set because we we're like, because oh. and one of the funniest moments was one week into shooting we we established a relationship and we're sitting there and um and then he said to me you know like this script sucks man and I was like then why are you here. <laughs> and he's like, because the producer came to him and said, I was directing it and he wanted to work with me. And I was like, motherfucker, that's the exact line he used with me. <laughs> like, you were starring in it. <laughs> and I wanted to work with you. Like, why didn't we have this conversation? <laughs> right. Like, why did we have to hear it secondhand? And I was like, you, you and I could have, we could have found something else we could have worked on. <laughs> Well, but that's an absolute true story, and I, you know, I love Kane. I'm not here to nice human being. I'm not here to uh, massage yeah, too many and, people, but I mean, it, mm-hmm. long story short, we have a lot of people who aren't crazy about it, but they like the first token, which also got bad reviews. But I will say this: you had a lot of cool born identity style fight scenes in that, and it was a typical kind of Running Man, Hunger Games premise. Is that fair mm-hmm. to say? And in Brahim. Ibrahim, um, um, I can't ever pronounce his last name, but he's a good friend of mine. He he was a stunt, you know, he did all the, the fights on, on Tekken 2. Right. He came up with everything, showed it to Kane and I, you know, and they trained for it. But, you know, and, and we shot that movie in 18 days. It had six fights, six massive fights, and we shot it in 18 days, you know. So I thought Ibrahim did a really great job with the action, you know, like that he he choreographed and everything. And, and you know, we just... We just had to shoot it, you know. I mean, some fight scenes on these other movies just they take longer shoot than it. you know. Just it, so it's, it's like, you know, um, again. It, but when when you make a movie, like no one watches Dead Earth and goes, "Oh, they only had nine days to shoot it." 
No. You know, no, no. So you can't factor that in. You have to try to compensate for the fact that you're only shooting it in 90 days. You know, you're like, because like you can't explain to everybody like this is only how much money we had. This is, you know, like you can't do that. You, you have to still try to make them have the movie stand on its own. And right. whether we did or not, I don't know. But, you know, like we, we try our best and then I can look at it and go, I'm, I'm happy with what we, we, we accomplished or, or right. not. A lot of times I haven't been, but, you know, on these other ones, more recent ones where I, I'm like, okay, you know, like I, I am. But that's in relation to the resources we had, the time we had and everything, you know, like, so, right. so I'm looking forward, hoping to answer your question way back was I'd like to get to a point soon where I can have that balance of like, I don't need $30 million, you know, right. but maybe a you- couple. Just give me a cut, you know, get, you know, like, like, like to do a movie I want to make, you know, that, 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 that's not something that someone bought, you know, but, you know, because when, when I want to make something, it's very hard to find the money for, you know, like you got to find the right cash. You're going to most likely, you're going to be the cinematographer. You're not going to ask for a Roger Deakins (laughs) or, you know, Conrad Hall. Well, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I would, I, I, I would, I would cut my left testicle and you know well no i mean work with a rob roger (laughs) but i mean you're not asking for that and it seems like everyone seems to imply that when you're asking for money you're asking for the world at your fingertips and it's like no that's not it at all did you read the business plan (laughs) no it's not it's just like you know like can i can i get you know can i get an 18k (laughs) for this night shot you know this night shoot we have you know it's like we like it have you ever been tempted to do a director's commentary or remaster one of your movies just to give an inside scoop just say hey you know this is me politely saying this is what happened this is how i got shafted and <laughs> i don't know man i've never thought it about that but I, I was gonna i do i do have access to um the negative to bob in my first movie so i would really like to i'm thinking of like you know just doing for myself you know and and, oh, and I, like I think for example should... like um you know um um, um, I sent you angels. I think you're like the third person outside of the crew and the yeah, cast who's who ever seen movie. angels. You it's know, and and it's like you know, and and but I have it. I have a master copy for myself, you know, stuff, and 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 I'm happy with that, you know, because a- angels was something where it was like I, I just wanted to do something that was very character driven, you know, that was right. very, you know, I, that's set in Bangkok, but but I wanted to look like like my Bangkok. I didn't want it to look like. <laughs> you know, um, all the sh- movies I shoot in Thailand and it's all, right. you know, like, all, I, I don't know what they do to it, but it, it never looks like, you know, this beautiful city that I know that's very yeah. modern. And so, you know, and, and, um, and I really am, I'm really happy with angels and I'm really bummed that, you know, zero tolerance is out there and not angels. Right. You know, and, 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 um, but, you know, but, you know, uh, I got to make Zero Tolerance and I got to meet Scott Atkins and work with him. And, and now I consider Scott a friend. So that's, you know, and he's a great guy. And, and, and that was a, a, the positive that came out of that on top of establishing the relationship with Lionsgate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, have you ever considered asking uh, uh, Ray Park uh, or Banderas or even Lucy Lubeck for another production? Or is their net worth gone up? I'm sure it has. But um, it all depends on the project, you know, like, like I enjoyed working with all of them and I, and I, and I continue to speak to, to Ray Park. I, I mean, I spoke to him last year, you know, like um, we email each other every now and then. Um, and Mendez um, is doing more and more Indies. Yeah. This is kind of just and, doing and, the TV game. 
see when you when you when you when you okay so what people need to understand is um for millennium for lionsgate for a lot of like you know um uh saban for all these distributors you know who are on you know example yeah it's everyone's working on the same sheet you get x this actor you get x amount of money you know you pay them y you know and like it's 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 very precise right and and you know and the actor's value will will fluctuate year on year you know quarterly, whatever you know like whatever and it's a really shitty way of making a movie <laughs> but it, it's kind it of really, what the market but because you, you get the do. script like like you were talking about you know and i and i've spoken a few on a few occasions with with keoni and and i really like it you know um um but it's like oh yeah yeah if he if, you know he gets one script i get one script you know um, um um four other filmmakers get one script they're all different scripts but they're all action right oh. like, I'm, I'm just giving you an all of us filmmakers directors are reading the script we all like our script we all want to make our script and they're all different right mm-hmm. but we're all look in order to get our movies made we're looking at one sheet of paper with the same six names on it to to get our target budget. Do you understand that? That's okay. how it works. So it's like, and even my movie might not be suitable for any of these six actors. But if I don't cast one of these six actors, I don't get to make my movie. Correct. In this, like, in, in this sort of world, that's how it works. It's not like, you know, you write something and you go oh this person will be perfect for you know like i'm going to tailor this here you know it, it doesn't it doesn't work that way and it's not like you have a script and then you can go okay these are the people i want you know because you know like some may be you know like too too expensive or whatever but most most likely they're not going to get you the money you need to make it and the more you it's know, revised the more plot holes there are and it's, and it's, all, so busy. And it's the same and from the actor's perspective, if you're on that sheet, if, uh, you know, if you're one of those six, ten names on that sheet, then you're going to get offers nonstop. You can get, you know, you can, you can take, but here's the flip side of that. They're basically all the same type of movie. Right. And you get typecast. But, <laughs> and, you know, but that's, you know. And if that movie tanks, then they stop getting offers for that kind of thing. And then their, their value plummets. So it's that, that X and Y number changes. That's you terrible, know, that, but that, I'm glad that, you explained but, that because everyone that. likes to have all these theories, but they don't cite their sources. And it's like, well, it's good to just ask around, ask people who are in the industry who are seeing this happen every day, you know. <laughs> Which is, and that's what led me because we have a movie. It's a pretty, it's a, it's a pretty decent sized movie that my producing partner and I have been trying to make, but we mm-hmm. we've never been able to get it needs two casts, like you know, two guys. We've <laughs> never been able to get the right two guys at the same time. And it's been oh, two no. something years. So, mm. you know, and instead of waiting, that's why I just said, fuck it. I'm just going to go shoot these two zombie movies that, you know, I just came up with the idea. I don't need a chance. And I was really lucky because I'm, I'm, um, I've am i known Mark for 10 years, Mark Dacascos, you know. He came yeah. to Thailand to shoot I was going to bring him up. Yeah, uh, I, was, um, I, was a, I was providing production services for called The uh, Lost Medallion. Yeah, Johnny Tyro. That was a well-received family movie. Gonna... <laughs> yeah, and um, so I did all the second unit on it. I was the producer on it, and I met Mark on it. So that was 10 years ago. I've always liked him. 
we've become really good friends and I've always talked to him. And true story, and I don't think Mark is, is going to be mad for me saying this. No. Over the years, I've pitched Mark to my producers and investors. I've had so many movies I wanted to do with Mark. Oh, man. But, you know, and, 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 and it's always been like, um, you know, we like Mark. You know, he's a great actor, but, you know, his, his value you know, and, and I'm, I'm, I, I have no value, you know, so it's like, you know, we can't make it, we can't make it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so the timing was when Mark did John Wick, you know, was in really? John Wick, it's yeah. a very high, it's a very high profile movie. That was when they were like, okay, you can use Mark now. And it happened to yeah. coincide with when I had the script and I was ready to shoot, you know, like the small movie for the small ones. And because Mark and I are friends, he came over and did it with me. He produced it with me and he came over to do it. He bought over his daughter because, you know, I'd, I'd written the script that way and everything. And that was part of the appeal for him, getting to work with his daughter and his wife, you know, and, and you know, you know, um, 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 I love Crying Freeman, you know, the comic book. I enjoyed the movie, you know, and, and so I, I was aware of yeah. his wife who hadn't acted in a long time. So that, that's how that came about, you know, I mean, I mean but it, it wasn't like, it wasn't something that, that, that would have happened any other way, no. you know, and, and it's, and it's, and it's because I got tired of waiting to do this, which <laughs> we're still looking to cast, but we've been casting it forever. And we've had at one point or another, these different stars attached to it, but we couldn't match it with the, with the second star, you know, when we get one, this other one, you know, like, you know, his availability. And I was like, fuck that. But, but most movies that are made that are action movies outside of the studio system, this is the route you have to take. Unfortunately, and unless you have, you know, Bill Gates is your uncle or something. Right. And you you don't have that luxury, but both, both these, both your movie, the driver and John Wick three, you know, were by, you know, Lionsgate. So, I mean, yeah, it it was a one and done deal. And the Costco's is an interesting one because much like you, he's always kind of reinvented himself. He's just always been in the right place at the right time. You know, he can dance. He can, you yeah. know, so he did reality TV for a while. My yeah. grandmother only knew him from Hawaii Five-0 and uh, uh, Dancing with Some the Stars. Some people only know him from Iron Chef. Yeah, yeah, Iron Chef's another one. And, you know, I, I was in college, so I was watching all his VHS DVD <laughs> era movies. And is like, and people were remarking, is like, these are pretty good. You know, I would have yeah, paid to see this on TV or in the theater. And Only the Strong is an amazing movie, you know, Drive is a really good movie, you know, and really, you know, ahead of its time movie, you know, like, he, yeah, like him, you wouldn't Mark have and Steven did. You yeah, wouldn't have you know, or anything else. Exactly. Mark is a really, really, really good art, um, um, good actor and a phenomenal martial artist. And like he's directing he now, too. Have you noticed that? Yeah. He's been getting yep. a bunch of his buddies like Casper Van Dien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did that Manila thing. You know, you should talk to him about like his experience on that. I mean, I think he got I, over Roy Wolf more than I did. We got uh, wind of it. I, I have a source, uh, Kent Hill. He's <laughs> from the podcasting them softly, uh, and uh, he's written hysterical books on you know, like direct to video volume two, and he just makes fun of that era. And now he's mm-hmm. on like volume four called it's not direct to video, it's video on demand, but it, they're just hysterical <laughs> short stories. And I totally recommend you check out his story. Uh, Hercules with a shotgun, which makes fun of all the sword and sorcery sandal movies. Oh yeah. Back when Definitely. everyone was ripping off Beastmaster and all that. But uh, yeah, no, Matthias Hughes was being interviewed by him uh, this last December. And, you know, Matthias has been trying to do sequels to all his movies uh 
And yeah, it's like next thing you know, five different fight scenes got scrapped. And you're like, well, even though we got the director of Cradle to the Grave uh, yep. behind us, we got nothing. So we're going to just have to do a fight scene and just, they even had to improvise fights. It was like, there's no way. Now, we're we're not crazy so much about Alex Nevsky. I mean, I, I get that he's a nice guy and he's Mr. The Next Schwarzenegger champion, but it, he's definitely got a big head. But I know he's friends with Marky uh, DeCascos, and DeCascos just has a good work ethic. I mean, I've never heard any terror story about him. He's been on Stargate Atlantis. He's been on just the Crow TV show, and he's embraced every medium, much like yourself. And so it's very cool that you got to team up with him again for this movie, The Driver. Now, would you say that The Driver got misadvertised? Because it seems like a lot of people weren't expecting I Am Legend type, you know, a boy and his dog type movie, and it looked more I, like a driver. I don't movie. know. I I might, um, you know, but you know, as 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 they're my distributors, and they're the reasons why you know you can watch my movies, you know, and stuff like they can market it however they want. Unfortunately, I don't have a say in it, and and I'm not asking for a say. And it's but always me, out of studio it, now. It used to be in studio back in the day, and now for about ten years I, they've been I, doing it out of studio. I am, you know, like it was always a father daughter. I have a 16-year-old daughter, and mm-hmm. and um, you know, um, Noe Mark's daughter is a little younger, and and it to me it was always a father-daughter story, and you know when cool. I came up with it, the the zombies were added later. Like I turned into a zombie movie later because I, you know, it okay. was like all right, I, I need to sell this right, you know, somehow, you know. So it's like, but then I, I like the idea of the zombie movie because it's um. You know, we we can't compete with with you know World War Z or anything in terms of our resources. Yeah. So I tried to ground it as much as I could, and I I sort of use the idea that there's so many zombies TV shows and movies. You know, the audiences are so are so like aware of every different type of zombies now. You know, like you know for, from from George A. Romero to like all these like fast moving super, you know, like so they've seen it all. Audiences have seen it all. So it's like we never talked about the zombies. You know, like, like no. barely, you know, like it was just this, this family movie, you know, that we could do, you know, and, and, and um, these three movies, you know, that, that I did, you know, because um, I worked with Mark uh, on, on a more recent one that we're delivering this month, um, uh, One Night in Bangkok. One Night in Bangkok is the only one that I wrote. The other two, I came up with a story idea and I had a, a writer write it. And, and One Night in Bangkok was just sort of like... Um, um, it was very personal to me, you know, it was just like this small little movie that I wanted to do and, and Mark read it, loved it. And, and, um, these are all like, like, uh, more character stuff for me, you yeah. know, like it's, it's more or less action, you know, that has action, but it's less action because, you know, and stuff. And, and, um, that's lovely. I but it's, it's all, it's, it's all, um, sort of out of my system now, you know, now, oh, really? now I, because it's like, a lot of people, even my friends who have seen the movie, they like the movie, but even like, you know, but they're not in the industry, you know, and they're all, they all say the same thing. They're like, you know, we want, we, I want to see, you know, what happened to the action, you know, like we need more action, you know, and stuff. And, 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 you know, cause a lot of the movies I've been making, you know, it's just a lot of action and nothing else. So that's why I wanted, you know, went, went the other way around because, you know, again, smaller budget too and stuff. And um, so Mark and I, you know, we, we, as far as I'm concerned, if, if I can have, if I have, if I have the backing of my investors, I can spend the rest of my career just working with Mark and Kane and I'd be happy. 
because they're so good and they're so professional and and they're good friends you know and and they're so good at their jobs and and it's and it's i wish all the success for mark and kane you know and 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 kane's about to do a big studio movie um this year you know in a couple of months actually and um i wish him the best uh because yeah. i mean he's been waiting for it i mean he was in muscle heat back in 02 same year as ballistic mm-hmm. and it was kind of a semi-success on japan it basically played mm-hmm. on the equivalent of their tbs back in the day but yeah like you say he just always got kind of underused or just was kind of given a stunt role like he was even in war mm-hmm. with jet Li. he just randomly serves as getting killed by one of the stars yeah very underused and yeah mark had the fortune of working with uh, Roger Corman so he pretty much developed many different sides of every kind of camera you, you said you, you mentioned in the past how you're inspired by movies like the man from nowhere and yeah. just the other exploring the shady neo-noir side of life and this is this is very 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 neo-noir like yeah it, I mean, it's very 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 yeah it, it, it's a it's this little it's you know and, and it's like the title says it, it's it's one night in Bangkok oh okay. wonderful yeah. um uh, I'm just going to ask you a few more since you pretty much mm-hmm. have filled in the blanks for me. I saw that uh, the driver uh, going back to that for a minute. I was at Walmart the other day and I saw both your DVDs. Dead Earth is in the yeah, $22 aisle and the driver's in the discount aisle already. But I saw that it had a making of featurette. Are you featured uh-huh. on that by any chance? I think so. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll check it out. I, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, um, yeah. Down to support. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. We uh, we always shoot with um a behind the scenes crew. I also have there was long story short there was this other Lionsgate movie you were a producer on a few years back. It was another one of those movies which basically got was going to be co-produced by one of your icons Nicholas Winding Ref, got disowned by its director, and a lot of people critics bashed it, but some people said it was actually a pretty decent born identity taken type movie. It's known as Dying of the Light with Nick Cage. Ah yes. As a producer, did you have any? Okay. Did you producer re- producer yeah. is, is is a bit too much for my role on that. What okay. happened was, um, the the um the the producer on it, um, Todd Williams, um, I'd met um at Fox when he worked at Fox a long time ago. Okay. Long story short, they needed action. <laughs> they, needed, they need they needed an action scene. So his producing, you know, the the, the main producer on that, is Scott Clayton, who is now my producing partner. Oh, but I met him on that movie. So they called me and they were like, we need action. So like they, they told <laughs> me what guy. it was. They, 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 cause Todd knew me, you know, and, they, and, and he knew like, you know, I, I could do stuff for them at the budget that they had. Can't get you away know, from Like if, 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 if he, if he could, if, if he could afford, you know, more expensive people, he probably would have used them. But you know, like I, I was affordable and, and he knew <laughs> I could deliver what, what they kind of needed. But here's the thing. I'd, I'd signed on. I'd uh, spoken to Paul Schrader, everything, you know, and, um, and, um, but I, I was working on Tekken too, and that movie got pushed. So what, what ended up happening was I designed all the action here in Thailand, shot the previs and everything. And then I sent my camera guy and two of my stunt guys, and they went and did the action in Romania. And I did Oh, lovely. Yeah. So, but, you know, um, but I did help him contribution. Out and, Yes, and 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 um and and you know I thought you know in all my conversations with Paul Paul Schrader the director he was really good he was he was he, he you know I'm a huge fan of his writing oh yeah know, and and you know he's made some he's made some really interesting movies emotional and storyteller when I when I I remember the phone call when I told him I couldn't come over 
it was it was kind of it was kind of nice because like you know he got really mad and it was like you know uh, he felt it was really personal and then you know got all upset and everything but I really couldn't go because I, I had to shoot Tekken um, um, but I fair, did help him out and that's he how he was already how. fighting with Lionsgate over the rights <laughs> and, that. and so but um yeah yeah and then and then I sent my guy you know they didn't roll me in and went to Australia for a bit and stuff and um so I planned it all and and I you know and and everything and and but that was all my only involvement in it like you know um that was it and they, they right. didn't even have to give me the credit, but they did. So it was nice of them. But um, I mean, yeah, uh, people do that all the time. I mean, I see we see a lot of actors who will get producer credits. And we're like, well, what did they have to do? They're not really a producer mm-hmm. type. It just means that the role was meant for them. So they wrote some of the they developed it before they left the project mm-hmm. doing the whole point A to B. You also have a credit on uh, the Asian Connection, uh, a Seagal yeah. movie. Michael J. White yeah. makes a cameo. So, yeah, you yeah. joined Keanu and having loosely having connected with you know every stuntman's least favorite person to work with who still makes movies uh uh michael when you, j white when you, is, turn, when, when you turn the camera off i, I have stories <laughs> oh yeah no I, I i i'm gonna go ahead and tell this one story i always talk about on the show i'm friends with john can very mm-hmm. lovely man his credits include universal soldier too he can tell you uh, stories about working with mel gibson's stunt double who directed that movie and was a piece of shit to everybody but uh his roles include you know just various queen of the south walking dead stunt roles as well as being Uh, one of the gangbangers in predator 2 he was on out for justice and he gets stomped on by seagull but he's barely in the frame and had the stunt coordinator not told him to hey you're doing it wrong don't lay you know on uh don't lay on your stomach lay on your back you know because it's going to hurt versus so yeah. you can see what I've always heard about many stuntmen say how Seagal would accept him only if he got to, you know, kick him in the or knee him in the deck. But the, this was one of those where it's like, OK, so I got credited. I'm on a bigger budget movie and I'm not even in the movie. And why did he want to stomp on me? What a douche. <laughs> but yeah, Asian Connection is definitely another one of those lackluster uh, efforts. Uh, but I, I see Daniel Zarelli is also on facebook and uh michael j white even noted how you know he's always he's in that movie too and he always is joking yeah, yeah i'll take on seagal any day and everyone yeah. believes him because why would you doubt michael j white <laughs> michael j white very close mutual friends and I, I met him on on asian connection and and really 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 nice guy and i'm not just saying that about these guys you know like i mean no, really, that's... like yeah like you know kane Mark, Michael, you know, they're, 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 yeah, they're, they're really good human beings, you know, they're, they're yeah. not just, you know, like, yeah, and, and, and then the Asian connection, you know, I did, um, 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 the, one of the movies, uh, you know, did production services for and everything, and, uh, you know, um, Daniel, good friend of mine, you mm-hmm. know, and, and um, if you want to talk to someone who's got interesting stories, you know, like, like, like Daniel's a, a great guy to talk to, you know, and, and, oh, yeah. Uh, We'll get him. He's 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 a he's a hardworking person, man. Like 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 I, I see no him work, and I'm just like, holy shit, man. Like you know, and 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 uh, he's fascinating. He's 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 inter- I really like Daniel. Um, he's 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 an interesting um uh, uh person, filmmaker, and and uh, he was the one who introduced me to um Malena, who I use in Dead Earth. He was oh, the one okay. who, who, yeah, you know, um, he because he knew her, her mom, and you know, they worked together and something, and and yeah, and he found out I was like I was I needed like two girls, you know, uh, one local and, and one non-local, and he's like, oh, you should 
I, I have the girl for you. And she bought me Milena, <laughs> you know, and, nice. and uh, um, um, yeah. Well, hopefully they can work some magic and get Kiana to promote <laughs> one of your projects, you know, Kiana Reeves, because, <laughs> I mean, he's a legit nice dude. I mean, yeah, and, yeah. From all I, I don't, I've never met Keanu, but yeah, I mean, everyone that I've, I've met that worked with him, just swear by him too. Right. You uh, always ask the to, crew if you want to know about someone. Just ask the crew who worked with them; they'll tell you. Oh yeah, uh, uh, and I have no doubt. I mean, for a while, uh, Avi Lerner of Millennium Films was talking shit about him because he turned down a project. But here's the thing: everyone believes Keanu. No one believes Avi because. Keanu stays true to the contract and Abby yeah. didn't even sign a contract. So it's like, yeah. why'd you hire all these people for a movie that no one agreed to do? On a, on a lighter note, uh, you, you were also doing second unit on those hysterical uh, Christian action movies, The Mark. And <laughs> I, I just thought I'd tell you a funny story because I knew a snobby like camera assistant guy back here in Dallas, Texas, where I think they shot reshoots of it or something or promoted some of it somewhere. And he was an absolute asshole. Like he was always just having a bigger opinion of what a director should do and everything. He's like, dude, you've done, you've been fortunate enough to work on somewhat big productions, but don't be telling these film students how they should act. You know, that's what the professors are there for. Don't get me wrong. My professors taught me some good stuff before they pretty much had their own agenda (laughs) and didn't teach me anything. But this guy was, I forget his name too, but he was an absolute snob and talk shit about basically everything he worked on but not even in a constructive way it's just it's like well so you're so ungrateful do you have any idea how people would kill to have what you do you know there's a lot of that unfortunately a lot of well, people no. you know absolutely it's unfortunate yeah i i have pals who, do, who are do extra work all the time there's a bunch of indies mm. being filmed here in dallas and mm-hmm. i'm not going to name a name but this one guy who isn't that great a filmmaker basically his crew was talking smack like in front of the extras I'm like, that's pretty low to even go that far. I mean, usually it's in a private, you know, yeah. room. And now we're to that point where we're hired guns and we hate what we're working on. Jeez. But on a lighter note, uh, since people do still respond to your movies, uh, especially some of the ones you've disowned, uh, in terms of just they love how you prep the fights because there is a kind of rare kinetic kind of energy. And I wouldn't compare it. I mean, you can compare it to your inspirations, but it's kind mm-hmm. of, it's got a different kind of fluidness to it. I do get a sense of the stuff that I've seen from you that I am getting a pretty closed off kind of conversation with, you know, I, I'm inside the character's head. So of all your movies with Kane and Banderas and so forth, I, I got inside their head. So, and I never really got that from some of the people who you are inspired by. In many ways, Ballistic is the Jim Cotta of 2002. <laughs> Can I? It, it, it's a movie. We need, we, need, we need that on the. We need. We need. We need. We need that on the DVD. We need a 20 anniversary. 20 year a, anniversary. A there you go. Remaster both of them. And uh, Jim Cotta in recent years has been just kind of uh, reevaluated. And to be fair, you know, people are always rediscovering Ballistic, and these are the same people who are hard on all the blockbuster filmmakers. They don't have a problem with it. They're just like. And Andrew Stevens, the rascal that he is, has totally ripped off that storyline in various other Seagal movies that he did. And you see it. You, and this is the same guy who, when he was working with schlocky guys like Jim Wynorski and Fred Olin Ray, Fred said in an interview that when he got his 
uh, check from him where his name should be. Andrew had instead inscribed on it a large scrotum. And he's like, and he said in the following interview, he's like, man, this producer guy, he's he's a wise ass. <laughs> That's definitely one person where I have nothing nice to say about him, so I won't say anything. <laughs> well, no, I, I I got her that much, and a lot of people noted how he wasn't. He was always. Once his looks deteriorated, that's why he became a producer, because he loved movies way too damn much. And he's like, well, okay, but why are you making cameos? It has nothing to do with anything. you got a big head. But no, I I, I totally get it, dude. I, I, I always got – here's the funny thing. Before people were telling me those terror stories, I always got that nature from him, you know? He, he's he's spear, spearheaded the, the, the recut of, of Ballistic. I kind of got him that much. It was 100% was, all him. He was doing all the Dudikoff movies back in the it 90s that were knockoff stuff. Like, yeah, 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 20 years ago. <laughs> years ago. Well, but you know, like yeah. you're talking about those faith based movies. I actually directed one of them. Right. And, you know, and, um, and, I, and I actually, you know, like for someone who I have zero. Like I, I'm not religious at all, you know. Um, it's pretty visually stunning. There's a few motorcycle chases in it, and yeah. um, there's one, there's one I did, but this would be giving it away. But yeah, well, it's okay. I, I did it under the name um, Bobby Smith. Okay. It actually didn't. It didn't. It didn't. It it it, 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 it it's um again one of those movies where we shot in like 11 days or whatever, you know. And it's very, it, yeah. but it's um. Um, um, my buddy, um, another good friend of mine, Gary Daniels, is in it. Like I met him on the mark. Yes, so, yes, you know, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he's yeah, in and you got him on Angels. Yeah, you know, like he's a you know and stuff, and um, he's a really good guy too. But um, I I did one called uh, it was I think it was a part two um called Encounter. Um yes. and and uh, um Michael Scott who owns um um Pure Flix, the company that you know is, is one of my best friends, you know mm-hmm. so um. So we did all these small movies for him, and then he does a, another small movie, God, God is Not Dead, and then that blows up, you know. And I like you like what, you 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 just leaving us behind now. You're not gonna come. Back. <laughs> I give him right. like he lives in Thailand. Left too, behind. Let's name more yeah, movies. Yeah, he's, right. Like, come, like, dude, what's up? You come to me with these like you know small little movies. I think movies I see the connection like, there. Nick Cage is in that. Oh, okay. So it's all one big. It, it was uh, what 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 was the other one that, that we because Lost Medallion is where I met Michael Scott. He was a producer on it, and right. then so he came and made Lost Medallion here in Thailand, and then you know his company Pure Flix just made a bunch of movies here, you know, and and. Uh, we did another one um, that was, you know, but I got to work with um, C. Thomas Howell and um, yeah. um, Craig Schaefer. Um, and Eric and uh, <laughs> what was that? That was called Escape. I didn't do anything on that one, but, uh, you know, they oh, made okay. it there. And, and it was, uh, yeah, so, you know, I mean, dude, like I said, when, when it's a career where you, where you have to make a living, you, you, you do these things. And, and, and the great you thing do. about making movies, most of the time, for the most part, I would say eight out of ten people, eight out of the ten people you meet, are really cool, really fascinating people behind the scenes. I'm not even talking about actors. I'm just talking about people. You know, like you just meet yeah. really cool people, actors too. You know, and and then it's it's a real privilege. It really is. In Everything. any field, to From do the makeup guys. To the if you're if you're if you're able to do what you love, and make a living, it is a privilege. 
Right. And, and, and I recognize that, you know, and, and that's why, you know, like I'm never bitter or negative about things, you know, like, it, it, you know, shit happens, you know, like, you know, and like I said, that's why, like, I've gotten to the point where I, I don't worry about the things I cannot control. <laughs> right. And, you know, you, you just can't. I just got a DM literally two days ago on my Instagram. And, you know, I don't promote my Instagram or anything. It's just my personal Instagram that I, you know, I've got a bunch of my kids on it. And and (laughs) someone messaged me and it was one of those where you have to request and I get hundreds of them. Right. But I mean, like I, (laughs) I I look through them and then you just delete them, you know, like, but there's one person wrote me and said, are you the director of Dead Earth? And it piqued my curiosity. Because, you know, Dead Earth just, was just released recently. So I said, yes, I am. Oh, that's fine. And, and, and I was like, can I ask how much, you know, the movie costs? I'm like, I can't tell you how much it costs, but I'll tell you this. I shot it in nine days. And then it's like, oh, okay. Then okay. And I'm like, why? And then he's like, you know, it's like, I was going to say, it, it looks kind of cheap. And I was like, well, it wasn't supposed to look cheap. <laughs> so if, it, if you thought it looked cheap, well, then, 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 where... then we failed. Then we I mean... failed. But... Be careful but with I, those types, because those are always asking you loaded questions. It's like, well, you're not going to think any differently of it, but if you are that kind of person who I just told you a number and you're now going to think about it differently, it's like, well, shame on you. I mean, yeah, I don't mind. Like, I actually person. don't mind engaging with people, you know, as long as you're not rude and you're not oh. a dick, you know. But you can tell me, like, hey, you don't like my movie. I'm okay. Not, with that. I've had plenty of people. I don't mind being a jerk. Yeah, ass, but, just... You know, like, but he wasn't like, and I think because okay. like I, I was playing, you know, but I, I have, which is why I don't respond to a lot because you can kind of tell the tone of the question and stuff, you know, and you're like, oh, here we go. Here we go. And then, don't you know, time. yeah, because <laughs> I, I used to, you know, like, you know, back when the internet was in it, because you, you would engage, you know, mm-hmm. and then it was just like, oh, it was just this rabbit hole yeah. that you just don't, you know, just, just, so I don't, I don't, I don't anymore, no. you know, people, they post comments, they ask, you know, whatever, and then I just ignore it now, like, I just like, no, <laughs> which is, which is sad, because like, a lot of filmmakers, I think, would would love to engage. We, I don't think there's a filmmaker out there who doesn't want to talk about their process or, you know, like yeah. what the experience was or anything, you know. But then it's like when you do, a lot of times you get a lot of like just this backlash of just like speaking, of, you know, just speaking honestly. And it's like, you know, and then and then whatever. But, you know, so. So you just opinions are fine. Opinions are fine. You don't need to like everything, right? Like no, no. you, like I've just met. I'm talking to you. Like if you told me if, if we started this conversation and you were like, I don't like ballistic, I won't. I wouldn't judge you. You know, like that's right. your opinion. No. That's fine. You know, like but if you're like, oh, you're you're a fucking asshole. You made ballistic. Then I don't talk to you. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, yeah, because I if I went there, then it's like wow. Yeah, there's, there's two, there's what two an different asshole. things. I just yeah. name called. I yeah, you know, but it happens. It happens. It's, it's like you know, you're like. And and it's not just to me. A lot of films, like so many people, they go watch a movie, they don't like it, and they get so mad at the filmmakers. Well, and that's just the unfortunate test. They just look at the names. They want to play the blame game. I'm like, you can't do this like you do with politics. You can't. This is like a team you were, effort. You were asking me prior to, the, to our conversation here, you know, in, in our messages, you know, um, one of my favorite Nor movies is, is Drive. You know, like, like I consider that a door, you know, like, um, you know, but, but like, I, I love drive, you know, but like, I remember when drive came out, the, 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 there was a section of people who were, who hated on it because well, the marketing, because they thought it was going to be fast and furious and, and, yes. and it wasn't, you know, but that's not his fault. That's the studio's fault. Like right. you said, like, like, you know, you, you look at the trailer for driver and it, you watch the movie. It's two different, like, well, that and- happens. 
fortunately, I'm one of those guys I'm one, who never watches a trailer. I go in cold. I go in based on the premise and what's all mm. you know involved and the talent involved. And some people do that, but there's a lot of people who don't. They gotta. They yeah. just can't help themselves. They gotta see the newest whatever franchise drop. Mm-hmm. I'm personally not crazy about Drive, but it's watchable, and it is, you know, it's a neo noir. So yeah. it is Fight Club for whatever yeah. ref wants to do, and uh, it, you know, and uh, I think you even said in an interview that you saw only his other movie, Only God Forgives. And that's mm-hmm. kind of another one where people like to just – it's the lost highway of its generation where everyone likes to just fight over what it means. They're past I, even I just, what it yeah, is I, I or is I, I just – yeah, I, I just didn't like that movie. Right. <laughs> so, like, yeah, it, no. it was the first one like where I didn't like – yeah, I was like, but, god damn, what the hell, man? <laughs> but, it, but it's so funny how everyone is painting a different portrait of what it actually is. I haven't seen yeah. this much. Shout Factory's also been doing that a lot with a lot of their drive-in stuff they've been remastering. And it seems like people are now fortunately getting back into some of that, but you're still having that disconnect where everyone's got to just look at, oh, fancy, fancy visual. We're the ADD generation. I'm a millennial. I hate the millennial generation. So I'm self-deprecating of this. Uh, But I'm going to go ahead and give you some accolades here. Uh, 10 things that you've done right. You've gotten you know action performances out of non-action performers like lucy Liu, and you've already that's point number nine you you mentioned that with gary daniels is like yeah gary can act but most people wouldn't know that because they just see him as the kickboxing guy uh eight you've even before you were a great cinematographer you had wonderful cinematographers you had a very keen style number seven you clearly love and Number six, you clearly love noir and neo-noir, and that shows, <laughs> but it it tells your story because it yeah. seems like a lot of people don't really know how to use that style effectively now. Yeah. They just say, hey, I got a crooked cop, and that's the movie, you know? And number five, you filmed some very wonderful car chases. Number four, you filmed some wonderful explosions. <laughs> number, number three, you've filmed some wonderful rapid edits, and... Number two, you've actually, much like Albert Pion, you've told all these remarkable stories about how you're not afraid to just have a thick skin and just say, hey, I'm working and you're not. <laughs> and number one, um, you're misunderstood and people need to give you some more opportunities. So, Thank but, you. Thank you. It's very kind of you. But, but, you, uh, but you already yeah. knew. So, I mean... <laughs> Uh, Look, and Keanu Waxman, who, who we were interviewing, he, people, he's yeah. another guy who's been misunderstood, and he's worked with difficult actors and actresses, and people are... Oh, you can't, you can't work as long as we have been working as Keanu and, and as myself without working with just insane actors, too. Like, you, you, you just, you know... He's like, working you, with you just, Seagal, and everyone's joking how <laughs> his movies for Seagal are way more watchable just because the story is there. Yeah. And he has other interesting people in him, like... Mm-hmm. Bryn Foster was in one of his mm-hmm. movies. He had Bing Rames mm-hmm. and Danny Trejo. Yeah. You know, those guys are all good actors. And this was at the height when Bryn was just about to be on the last ship. So he kind of made yeah. him a star before he was a star. So it's like he and both you and Keanu just have this relaxed nature that and the vibe. I mean, that vibe is present in the interview that we're giving right now. But you've been so not many people can say that about 
their so-called visionaries that they love. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. so many of those guys have been very callous and misleading and just sticks to even their actors just because there's they don't know how to handle stress. And you've been fortunate enough to just kind of, again, just kind of keep reinventing yourself, be beyond just the gun for hire, be just the guy who knows how to do something good and how it comes out is a whole other story. Yeah, you you just, you know, I think I I don't, I, I just try my best whatever job it is, however much they're getting paid. If I accept the job for whatever reason I took the job, you try your best. And uh, I've been very fortunate in, in many, many, many ways. But a lot of the people I work with, you know, like actors, crew and everything, you know, <laughs> I, I'm very proud of the fact that, you know, they, they, they'll come back and work with me again. You know, right. and, and, and I use the same people all the time, you know, and, <laughs> and I think that's important, you know, and, and, um, and you know what, it, it's so much of this, it's, it's, it's opportunity and it's luck. It's mm-hmm. opportunity meeting luck. You know, you have the opportunity, you get the break. Too many, much many filmmakers, <laughs> you know, like, like I think there's so many really good films. Okay. One of the best filmmakers I know personally is Joseph Kahn. Joseph Kahn. I know that name. He made Torque. He made Torque, the motorcycle movie. Okay. Joseph Kahn. It probably got a lot of hate as well, you know, and, and stuff, but, you know, so it's like, but Joseph Kahn. Uh, okay. I, oh yeah. Tar, Tarku. Yeah. I, yeah. I know him from, <laughs> I, I know him from detention. Yes. 2011. Uh, yes. Copycat yeah. killer. Comedy that was the second movie. Yeah. That did better. And he's, he's a phenomenal filmmaker, you know, like he's, he's, he's probably not probably, he is the best music video director that's ever walked the planet. Like, he's, yeah. you know, he's, he's been doing it forever. He's, you know, the innovation, the artist he works with, you know, he's a good friend. And um, he's so much more talented and, and could make these big freaking movies, you know, had the opportunity been right. You know, like, 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 it, like you, he's shot a lot of his own stuff also. Yeah, yeah. He inspired me, you know, like I, really? I worked with him before, you know, on video. Yeah, we were like when I was in L.A., he was a really good friend of mine and, and um, watching him work and, and I learned a lot from him. But OK, like, let, let's say this. <clears throat> one, one of the <laughs> best filmmakers working today, in my opinion, is David Fincher. I, th- I don't think anyone will disagree with you. I think everyone okay, but, is pretty. Keen so, on. so hear if me out. Yeah. If after Alien 3. He never did seven. He never got the opportunity to do seven. Would the world know David Fincher today, or not? Uh, absolutely. Uh, you, you're 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 right on the money. And you know, and so many people don't. I'm not saying I'm David Fincher by any stretch of the imagination. No, no. Okay, but I, yeah. So I'm just saying, gonna... like, a lot of for a lot of people, like you know, like you know, be it because I think Keanu, you know, Wexman, I think he's a terrific filmmaker. You know, right. but he's he's stuck in this little pool you know he's, he's doing well for himself or whatever right but this is the pond that he's in it's yeah. not the ocean that he should be in you know and stuff and and a lot of times that's just you know it, it, it's just all these circumstances and things that that are just out of out of people's hands whereas as sometimes it happens for other people um another per, another filmmaker who you know like whose movies I've, I've especially recently i've really enjoyed antoine fuqua you know uh, everyone yeah he did and, bait. 
you know, and, 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 and bait was, was, you know, I mean, like, do you even know bait? The JV Fox movie, uh, I, like, yeah, you know, no, like I, I, way I back, you know, that was the animation knockoff and no one had Denzel exactly. not given Fuqua had not seen him day. And, and, exactly. Yeah. You know, and, but look at him today. Right. You know, and that was because he got to do training day, you know, and he, you know, and, and there's a lot of people who are as talented or not more talented than Antoine Fuqua, who I know personally, like, you know, I know them, who just never got their training day. Right. You know, or, 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 or got their alien three. You Even know, though but they're never applying got their seven. themselves, they yeah. still haven't been given an opportunity. And <laughs> it's funny you bring up alien three, because I think like ballistic, <laughs> that one has been re-examined recently <laughs> wow that's the highest yeah. compliment i've ever heard well, from, no, like, no, you know, seriously <laughs> like the my listeners they they legit like that movie i legit watched it nonstop in high school mm-hmm. it was like a live action anime it was mm-hmm. it had excellent stunts and mm-hmm. a cool a cool spy storyline but no i understand why this whole i don't take anything personally with anything because i know you know I've worked on projects where it's like, take my name off that, you know, I shot mm-hmm. it for you, yeah. but it's, it's not my movie. It's your movie, you know? And mm-hmm. I, I see how you've had to get into that mindset and alien free. They were even recently marketing in one of the DVD packs is like a director's cut, but it's not a director's cut. It's a producer's cut, you know, with the stuff yeah. that they took out venture yeah. that will never be his movie, but yeah. some people will still like that movie. Yeah. And it's a very it's a very uncomfortable setting where it's like man (laughs) chances will you get a chance but it's interesting that you bring up josephine khan his new movie bodied is a high school drama and musical and it got 75 on metascore and a lot of people are really digging it so it's a really good movie it's I will a check really it out. Good, you know, like it, it's different. It's really, it's like detention. You know, it's a different type of movie. You know, and and Joseph, I'm not, I, and I'm not, I don't use this word lightly, but I'm, I'm, people just, you know, people. He has a lot of fans, but it's from his music videos. Yeah, you know, people don't really know him. A lot, a lot of people, people actually like this, like this Power Rangers. You know, he did that, that, that short Power Ranger movie that was got sued and whatever. You know, but it was really cool. You know, like it was, it was a really cool right. take of heart. Like people thought it was a real movie. I think I really think like Joseph Kahn is he. You know, he's an auteur. He's just never gotten a chance to make the movies he's wanted. You know, because when you talk to Joseph, he's forgotten more about filmmaking than I know. <laughs> like you know, and 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 you know, from a technical standpoint and everything, you know, like like it's 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 you know, I've been doing this for twenty years, so I I consider like, like like I I I I I call myself a filmmaker, you know, but Joseph is next level, you know, but it's 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 he's someone who moviegoers don't know, you know, and right. and there's a lot of them like that, and it's just a matter of getting an opportunity. You know, um, sometimes and then like when you get, the, you know, you know, like I got my opportunity early, maybe too early because, you know, like I wasn't prepared. Like, <clears throat> I think I knew what I wanted to do for the film because I have my cut of ballistic and I still like it, but it's on a VHS and that's all I've got. You know, like I've, one of these days, I'll, I'll, you know, but I have a VHS copy and, um, um, you know, um, it had um, my composer was uh, Trevor Rabin. You know, he he was oh, he really? agreed to compose. Yeah, and and he was on it. And when I found out, he is a wonderful taken, guy, and really nice guy. You know, he he did them. I went part to of see yes, him. 
he my did, first yeah. concert. And and he did, he did the movie for me, you know, like 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 at not his normal rate because we couldn't afford him, you right. know. And 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 um, I, I found out the movie was taken away from me when Trevor called me and said, "Why did you fire me?" And I was like, "What are you talking about? Why would I fire you?" He's like, "I've just been fired." And I was like, oh, "What?" Awful. And I was I was driving to the office to the editorial booth, and when I got in. That's when I found out that they were re-editing the whole movie, and they had fired Trevor. They fired my editor. They're like stuck up shitheads. They couldn't bother to tell you or give you a chance to even defend your choices or just say, "Hey, we don't like what you have." You know, they didn't say that. So it's it's you know like um uh (laughs) yeah you know but um forgot what I was talking about but um uh it's it's a very it's a very different movie than the one I made. And part oh, of the reason why was because, as I said, you know, like I shot it, I, even though I used multiple cameras, I, I shot it like Bullet was my reference. Yeah. You know, you but this was that. the year 2000, you know, 2002. And what hurt us the most was right before, as, as we were putting together the movie, Triple X was coming out. Because mm-hmm. I know this because I, I was in the meetings with so many meetings where everyone was worried, like, you know, Triple X, like, we have to make the movie Triple X. And I'm like, we already shot the movie. I, I didn't shoot Triple X. <laughs> like, right. The movie is shot. <laughs> like, it's, it's done. Well, and you were but, in a very you know, chaotic year. Everyone was trying to be, if they weren't trying to be like Triple X, they were trying to be like The Matrix. And when they weren't trying to be like The Matrix, they were trying to be like Blade 2. And you, yeah. you beat out the punch. You came out before Equilibrium. And that was another movie which was also often imitated because, you know, it was bringing it was reinventing action and it had a cool story. But it it was also dumped by the studio. The studio didn't know what to do. You with know, it. a funny story about Blade 2. That was my first studio movie, my first studio meeting. Really? Mike DeLuca was the first person I met in Hollywood that was at the studio level. And and, and Mike DeLuca, who's a terrific guy, too. Like, I really like him. Um, yeah. He, he, he really liked my movie. He, he really liked me. And he he got he got me into the they held a meeting, and I I was to pitch my version of Blade Two. David Goyer was there, all the executives were there. Oh, nice! And it it no, because like you don't no. know how badly I struck out, because my version like the whole idea I had and no one understood it. I was like, I wanted to make I I wanted Blade to my whole take was that the yakuza are actually these like ro- old vampires. Like the oh. oldest vampires are Asians, and they're like so. So the old, they're old. You know, the the yakuza, the whole entire yakuza are, are actually vampires. And I wanted to pitch Blade against them, and I was trying to pitch them like these Hong Kong wire oh, work. Keep, keep that idea fighting. sealed up. Someone's you know, like I was up. like, you know, like, <laughs> like, like, like this this whole sort like you know wire work and everything. And it's a true story, and I don't even care like because it's so long ago. So yeah, I, no I did this whole care. elaborate pitch of like this whole world and how like I wanted a blade to go up against all these badass Asian vampires, you know, like it was all going to be this like wire work and everything. And this was, this was, this was a long time ago. And then once I was done with my pitch, one of the executives, the very first person to say something said, so you want to make it like rush hour. And I just, I, I had no count. Like I, like, I didn't know where to go. I did like I I couldn't like yeah. I was so shocked that how do you get rush hour from that? Like right, like, they no, were so a big. They're just well. Let, let's let, I'm gonna call it. What so it is. I never it's got close enough. to doing play two, but it was my first studio meeting in Hollywood uh, for play two. I, unfortunately, given how bigoted they were back then, <laughs> they still are. 
but how they were back then, you know, is like they they couldn't tell any you know Japanese person apart from a Chinese person. That's just how stupid they. But it's also are. you know I mean to be fair like you know I mean I think like Matrix and then you know um um Matrix to an extent, but you know Crouching Tiger when that came out because you know right. that came out a bit later. Really, and then and then Hollywood really embraced wire work. One movie, you know, like like yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, like what they really started to, and I think it's it, we've come a long way today. Like really, you know, like like you've got a list directors like Justin Lin, you know, you've got James Wan, you've got like all these, you know, like Asian, you know, like I mean, it's it's you know, and look at this year, you know, Parasite, a Korean movie, you know, like it 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 I, yeah, it, it, we've come, we've come a long way, you know, like I think um um, but back then. You know, um, there was John Woo, right? And I think there was. Uh, he was already getting uh, sick of the whole system. Yeah, you know? but it was there. Was, there was there was only John Woo there, and then. Um, there was the guy who did the big hit with Marky Mark and Bokeem. Yeah, 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 that yeah. Was that, I'm trying to was it, yeah, nice. I, yeah, yeah. But he, he gave do. it up after a while. He's like, "You guys are ridiculous. You want me to do so, this, this?" So there wasn't that many, you know, like there there no, wasn't that many. There many, wasn't many Asians, yeah. And you know, like I, 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 I won't say which one, but you know, I, I after Ballistic, I, I, I was still offered movie studio movies, you know, and and my agency didn't like it because you know I, I, I just I, I wasn't in a mindset to make movies. I was, I was still really heartbroken about Ballistic, so I said no. And and there was one particular movie where their whole prerequisite was they wanted an Asian director. And I was, yeah, I was right. young, and I was kind of dumb. Where and I was like, you know, I, but I, I don't want to, you know, I don't, I don't want to do it just because I'm Asian. Well, and <laughs> you know, it's a shame <laughs> that you got to deny career availability just based on, you know, saying no, I'm going to be the bigger man. I'm not going to let you fuckers take advantage of me because that's not who I am. I don't let you no, do that. I just, I just <laughs> didn't want to. I just, I, it, it was still too soon. Because of what you well, know, like I spent a lot of time on ballistic, and 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 well, no, good, good on you. To, to, yes, it, 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 I just I you know that's and I was fortunate enough where I met a gentleman, um, Lou Odesso, who who got me into doing commercials. So I, I did commercials for a couple of years and everything. So that was that was fortunate. Okay, very cool. Because uh, I mean, it's funny that you bring up Blade Two because that was one of the last. I think that was the last Hollywood movie that Donnie Yen worked on. Because, you know, probably because he was already annoyed with how Weinstein took over the editing room on Highlander Endgame. And that yeah. one, mm -hmm. he pretty much you could only get with him if you were filming outside the States. You know, that's why how they got him on Shanghai, you know, Knights mm -hmm. and Rogue One, the Star Wars. And some people still only know him from those movies. And it's he has to reinvent himself every day. And just, you know, he was in the recent Triple X with Vin Diesel and. He got a new audience just from that, just because Vin decided to go international. But it's funny how, when you look back at Blade 2, some of the CGI animation they were doing was pretty groundbreaking. And some of it still was complained about in certain reviews at the time, how it well, they looked got, fake. Well, they, 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 they got a really good filmmaker to make it, you know, like... Yeah, like, they, they know, got like, Del Toro, but, yeah, I mean, you know, his specialty he, wasn't he, action. Donnie Yim was doing all the action, and... They they would still you can see the points where the studio just was like just throw in a digital double of Wesley being thrown against a wall. I was like, but you don't need it. We we can already get his double and do that for you. Yeah. Way less expensive. And they wanted to do it anyway, just to test out the boundaries. And the so 
it's a shame that you had to encounter these idiots and from that story the yakuza vampires i'm sure that's been done in an anime i'm sure that's even probably been done elsewhere i mean i think there was even yakuza's on highlander for all i know you know (laughs) Uh, i i i I would love to see that movie come out someday just someone finding yakuza vampires just titled something different but they've already wasted their time they've already poo-pooed that idea but i think aren't they rebooting blade Right. And if they steal that idea, then we know who snitched, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Like, uh, like, uh, you could just, I take it for pride. Like, I'm actually proud when you pitch something, you don't get it. And then you kind of see one of your ideas in the movie and stuff, you know? Like, I, I, I'm never, I'm never upset about that. I'm, I'm always, like, I'm always happy. What a shame that. that David S. Goyer, though, couldn't have your back. Cause, I mean, he's a big comic book guy. You would have thought he would have been getting the bigger picture. Yeah, David, David, you know, but David back then wasn't the David today. He did, he didn't have the clout that he does today, you know. Like, well, he, I mean, he, but he still had know, the he, big head. He was fresh yeah. off Full Moon Entertainment, and yeah, and 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 you know, he he he, he true story too. Um, he almost hit me in the parking lot at New Line Studio, like accident, like <laughs> in his big Range Rover uh, driving in. <laughs> I was walking in. I knew he did a lot that. of drugs, so I mean. <laughs> No, sense. no, he was, he was, he was fine. He was completely fine, and and right. he was really nice too. You know, he was really nice, and and he, I actually think he might have gotten it, but you, what, you, you know, like the executives are the executives, you know, like right, because they, because they didn't give him the power to direct, and that didn't turn out because he and Snipes didn't get along. Yeah, but he, you know, like, uh, like I'm, I'm a big fan of David, and 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 um, his writing. He did a good job on Terminator: Dark Fate, and he, you can he's totally. He's a really good writer. He's a really, and, really, really good writer. But it's funny because um, you can tell what dialogue is his and which yeah. is just whatever else, you know? Yeah. Like, the whole interrogation scene in The Dark Knight, that's all his dialogue. And all of the profanity in Terminator, I'm like, I know I'm watching a David Gordon movie. <laughs> yeah. it, it's very rare, but they're out there, and I know a few. I've been fortunate enough, but, but it is really rare back then. I don't know about today. I've been, I mean, I haven't, I've been, I've been in Thailand for 10 years, but it's like um, um, most executives you meet, studio executives mm-hmm. are, are exactly what you hear right and like i i, I don't i can't even tell you how many like oh, oh yeah the fact that it just, took it, tropic thunder having tom cruise play a character that's a mix of scott rudin and joel silver for people to get the joke you know <laughs> it was like damn <laughs> I've, I've had a few meetings with joel silver and i can tell you yeah Every one of them were fantastic. He's oh, yeah. he's he's so smart. He's so like you know. He and, and I never worked with him, so I've never seen the crazy you know what what I hear. Well, but like you know, he's 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 one of those guys. He's passionate. He loves movies. I mean, he did yes. the commentary track when, for. And when he when he talks about them, when you sit in a meeting and you listen and you hear Joel Silver talk about the movie, you know, like he really cares. And that's rare. That's not easy. You know, it, 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 it's almost the same like what I felt when I met Mike DeLuca. Mike DeLuca is a studio executive who really cares about the, you know, his job and his movies, and he really right. knows them. He's he's not just a suit sitting there. You know, like he, oh, he really lovely. knows movies. You know, like he's 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 Joel. There, kinda... There's some really good guys, and and then there, I mean, you know, um, but those guys are like, you know, they're 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 top of the line producers. You know, I'm talking about like. Studio exec, the guys that well, fill the, the people and, that fill the room. 
Yeah, no, I mean, Scott, it seems like you can have a normal conversation with, but he might have inappropriate email chats, you know, and Joel is kind of more of the guy. He's very passionate, but, you know, if everything's running behind schedule, you know, you're going to hear it from him. Uh, well, that's his job. He, he, you well, know, no, he, no, he, I, he, I get that that's his job. So uh, it, that we heard a lot about that on Demolition Man, how everyone would <laughs> say how this is how everything's got to be, and he would amp it up. I think he, when he found out some of the stuff from Die Hard was being sold, he ended up actually burning it so it wouldn't be sold as a collector's <laughs> item. That's how passionate he is. But no, I, 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 I like a lot of Joel Silver's movies, but the commentary track for nonstop really shows you how he makes a, a point to just always say, hey, this is a movie not just that we want to see, movie people want to see. Uh, and it's kind of funny how he didn't get along with, you know, everyone to where Warner Brothers just kicked him out. And for the longest time, his competition was Jerry Bruckheimer. And now Jerry, he's really only a millionaire because of CSI and Survivor. His movies have been kind of tanking lately. So you would think that Silver would be kind of making a comeback. But aside from an occasional Wachowski flick, he, uh, I, uh, he must have pissed someone off because he had the power for a while. I mean, he had Tills from the Crypt, and it's kind of funny how I would have thought in your day and age, he would have come to you and say, hey, I got this movie called Romeo Must Die. You know, I want you to do it, you know? Well, I met him because he did come to me with a movie, and, and I didn't do it. I chose Ballistic, and it was, it was, it, that was an interesting oh, meeting, too. Man. Yeah. So it would have been interesting seeing having Joel Silver as your boss versus Andrew Stevens. Man. Oh, I would, I would take Joel Silver any day. Right, no, I, I think twice on Sundays, twice on Sundays. You know, it seems like Joel has done some sneaky stuff, like with tax incentives. But for the most part, he seems to be pleasant. You know, he takes it serious, but he doesn't. He doesn't insult yeah. to, to your face. He might. Yeah, yeah. He might call oh, you no, out. He'll, he'll, I, I, I've got. You know, I think he's 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 straight for me. Like, yeah, like I, I think if if you pissed him off, he'd he'd tell it to you straight to your face. Right. Um, no, I I get yeah. that, but it seems like. So he's allowed in a board meeting, but in person he's just kind of like, "Hey, here we are. Let's have fun." <laughs> he's 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 really cool. I really I really like him. But um, yeah. I mean, um, you know, um, hopefully, you know, um, even at this age, uh, like you said, I I hope that's true, and I and, and I hope the next reinvention comes, and 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 you know, we'll we'll see where we you know. Where, where, oh, oh, oh. where we are in, in five years. <laughs> we, we, we've, we've run out of time for the noir and neo-noir, but I'd love to do a separate episode each on, like, sure. you pick five, sure. I pick five. But I'll, I'll give sure. you a notepad on the back. You're in the same position as Roger Christian. And oh. you know who that is. Another yes, franchise pitcher uh, victim. Yes, uh, yes, Survivor, and, yes. And <laughs> we, whenever we, should start I, a, we should start a Survivor group. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, you're you're definitely uh, on the list. Uh, but I mean, uh, Rogers an inter interesting invention because I mean, if you were to tell people, hey, the guy who designed you know the sets and art direction on you know the award winner on Star Wars and uh, you know the original Alien did second unit on Return of the Jedi and Phantom Menace, you know, whatever well, you know. Damien, uh, that, another guy, Damien, who also did a franchise movie that you know, but has done really well in tv now you know like uh, uh, um, um oh uh, um, damien yeah um what's his last name god uh, oh damien. he did that kevin 
he did that um uh Kevin Costner Elvis franchise movie, and oh. he's like like he's a super big um Elvis. uh show showrunner Elvis franchise. Uh, like they, Kevin Costner did a movie for franchise, and Damon was the director. Lindelof. I Is don't that... think it's Lindelof, but uh, uh, did Damon Lindelof work on that? I, I think I I think so. like yeah okay yeah. yeah you're you're thinking of three thousand miles to Graceland okay well, that's it that's it that three thousand miles to Graceland Look okay up yeah. Uh, yeah uh Demian Lichtenstein yeah Lichtenstein uh, not, okay. wrong wrong guy well yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I I saw his original movie Lowball but no you're yeah, right yeah, my bad uh, he, he he has done stuff since apparently he's done the Payday web series and a few other indie movies but yeah. Uh, he's in the same position like you, like where he's been offered a lot of stuff, but hasn't come his way. So, uh, Roger, I just bring up because it's like it's interesting what, based on what side of his career you reference, determines the response you get. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, I've seen some of his recent stuff. I see what he's going for. It's not always great, but I mean, he did a Indiana Jones type adventure, which makes sense because you know. Mm-hmm. He's he's best pals with George Lucas and Tarantino, and they love his stuff, you know, because they're in the same mindset. But because it's cool to hate, or because of how it's edited, you know, he's getting a different response. Uh, he even had the same cinematographer as the Star Wars prequels, you know, on Battlefield. Uh, I've, but everyone also likes to forget that he made, you know, this wonderful period piece drama back in the early '90s, and uh, I mean, he did a few other very gripping, you know. Uh, movies. Uh, Masterminds is another one he did with Patrick Stewart taking over oh, his yeah, school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's another like it or hate it movie. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but I, if there's one gym you got to check out, you got to check out Starship, which is a movie he did with some of the uh, music members of Genesis. And it was oh, just okay. an interesting uh, experiment. And some people also hate that one just because, oh, the character has a weird voice. So it's amazing how he has all these obstacle courses. And at the end of the day, People only go to him if, oh, yeah, you're the guy behind Star Wars and Alien, or, oh, what you made about Earth, you know, and, and it's, so you're coming up to a lot of these unneeded obstacles, but you're moving on and just saying, okay, well, these people can't make a movie, to be fair, you know, they just like to blame one ever, one name, and yeah. just throw it all face down and act like that person's responsible they're like the president of the united states they're like an ambassador they're the in charge of it all it's like well they're not in charge of it all but that's how you look at it and that's <laughs> how you misinterpreted it but no roger's an interesting guy because he keeps trying out something different and you keep trying out something different and <laughs> uh, all i can say is you know uh, uh it's going to be interesting seeing what you're I think you said this. I'm really zo- curious. I'm really trilogy. curious to see like what you 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 think of um, one night in Bangkok when you get the chance to see it. Oh, I I will definitely check it out, sir. Uh, yeah. And uh, I mean, Fall was also just a cool movie. And again, uh, yeah, it was a cool movie. We we have ballistic Thank fans you. who legit like like the FBI <laughs> undercover movie, and I know that's a funny punchline. I, I, I don't even. <laughs> I know. Can't help myself. Uh, oh, so funny. Uh, those uh, fans. I've never heard those two words put together. <laughs> uh, I know. Every it's, it's taken twenty years. Okay. 
<laughs> I should watch it. I, I, I honestly, I haven't seen it. I've never watched it beginning to end. Should we record a I commentary should... track for this podcast? <laughs> I should. I should watch it. Like, because yeah. I mean, I it's a classy movie. In I a way, really watch it because it's been so long. I can't watch it. I mean, well, I know I, I I get it, and it's kind of funny though because out of all the movies that were coming out in 2002, it's easily the classiest. Had this been made by, you know, a Brett Ratner type, you know, infamous persona, you know, there would have been a close up of someone's ass. There would have been just some other flashy rap song, you know, <laughs> and you didn't have that. You fortunately didn't have that kind of interference. You were just they were just playing the Matrix card. Yeah. And I mean, it really just gets a bad name because of the convoluted storyline. But yeah. that's because of the meddling, you know, the. To quote Tom Cruise in Tropic Thunder, a nutless monkey could do their job. That's what they did. They, <laughs> they. That was unfortunate, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's still there's a good movie in there somewhere. Just yes. like I, I have it. I really believe like my I, I still I I have my VHS copy. I don't yeah. unfortunately have a VACR player. <laughs> well, uh, to be fair, uh, they're remastering a lot of new movies, and they are putting the original director's cut like in standard definition as a bonus feature on these blu-rays like oh. i have the no i'll give you an example i have the region two or region free uh blu-ray of johnny mnemonic That's oh, another wow. that, and same position as you got yeah. hackneyed up in the editing room director gave up movies after that but this blu-ray has the music video it has commentary and special features and it has the japanese cut which is as close as oh. you're going to get to the producer's director's original vision. And the movie makes better sense if you watch that version. Yeah. But uh, they're doing this now with another Stallone movie that was around the same time as he was working with franchise called I See You. And they're going to have the director's original cut before they decide to go all scream and I see what you did last summer yeah. in the cut cool. that everyone else saw. So you might, cool. you might you might tinker with it. You might see, I know Shout Factory is in the Warner going into Warner Brothers a lot, doing deals with them, you might say, hey. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> All right. <laughs> cool. Okay, well, so... so yeah, this was fun. You, thank you. By all means, no, thank you. Uh, it's great talking to an icon of mine. Yeah. I grew up admiring Thank you. Thank you very much. Anytime, always defending. Anytime. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll definitely try a future episode. You'll rate five noirs. I'll rate five noirs, and then we'll do sure. a neat noir. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. Uh, uh, where can we find you on the interwebs? I mean, I'll let you. I have nothing. I only, I don't, I don't promote. Like I, I, I only have my personal, you know, like I just have little right, Instagram. Have the... I don't do, I don't do even do a website. I don't, I don't have anything. Cause, cause I found you on Facebook and I was just like, just one yeah, day, I, Facebook yeah, friend, yeah. suggested me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah. that's wick. Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, and, um, and, yeah, no. Th thank you. Again. Thank you. <laughs> thank you to a thank you. <laughs> the Jacked Up Review Show can also be followed on Facebook on both the page and the group. Feel free to chat, leave questions, make requests for future episodes. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you so much for your various support and we'll continue to entertain the hell out of you. Till then, take care. <laughs>